Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. This is just a little bit of a pre-warning. When we get to the email correspondence tower, you may not want to have the children uh, in your home or around your home, I guess. Depends on how loud your speakers are. Listen to it. Anyway, without further ado, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, KI6NAZ. And I'm Leia, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about ham radios and many other things. So please come along with us, won't you? Hello, Leia. Hello. How was your week? How are you doing? How oh, are all the things? It's been such an insanely busy week. There's never a week that we start this off and you're like, you know what? It's been super chill. It's been chilling, maxing, and relaxing. Those are things we don't say. <laughs> well, we had that Santa float. Thing, we had the Santa float, which ended up being super fun. I mm-hmm. did caramel apple cider in a crock pot. We literally took the truck, drove mm-hmm. it to the end of the block, turned mm-hmm. all the lights on it because the truck's got a lot of lights. Dropped the tailgate, plugged in a crock pot in the truck, <laughs> and we serving cider, hawking cider on the side of the road to. Uh, to people we invited over, but you know, right. neighborhood people. Right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and there was hot cocoa and sweets and gingerbread men. Beautiful. And we set all of this up, and we wait out there for at least half an hour, if not more, mm-hmm. for a float to go by for less than a minute. <laughs> and it was nonstop waving for about ten seconds, and it was yeah. done. <laughs> well, you know, our friends were on the float, right? So. We just Numerous waited, we know. and we were, and we were recording them, and then they were recording us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we got video on both sides. It was a amazing time had by all. Yeah, it was. It was good. It's uh, it's such a busy season. It's just getting busier too. Like it's just yeah, a just million like, you kid just have things. To pile everything in for what? But it's like multiples of the same thing. Multiple yeah. holiday parties here, there, everywhere. We complained about this last week, so I don't know that we need to go into it again. But That's true. Thanks, listener, all of you listening to us right now, for clicking on the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast. We really do appreciate it. And we like to kick off the podcast with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. Today, I'm going to tell you, the Elecraft KH1 is back up and running. What is that? What does that mean? So I had a, a kerfuffle. That's the technical term. We took it out for a soda activation in San Juan Hill. And I had just, like, problems with it, right? It just wasn't running well. Uh, it was showing very high SWR and no power output no matter what I did. Ended up bringing it home. I talked to Co- uh, Thomas, K4SWL. He got me in touch with Wayne, like Elecraft Wayne. And I spent, like, an hour and a half on the phone with him just straight troubleshooting everything. He had, He's like, you got an oscilloscope? I'm like, I got an oscilloscope. He's like, break that thing out. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. Do you, do you have an oscilloscope? <laughs> and, and so yeah, we, do I have an oscilloscope? <laughs> I've been Wade. Wade is gonna talk me through troubleshooting his radio on the phone. Like, I, how many I've people been is waiting this? for this? this is like a dream come true. <laughs> so yeah, we walked through the whole thing, and it turns out that I am, I guess, one of a few people whom they identified an issue with a particular MOSFET that's right off of the tuner stage. So. Basically, like the last stage of the radio before it gets into the tuner body. So if you don't have the tuner, um, you would be almost direct to the RF output at this point, your BNC connector or whatnot. 
and yeah, it's this simple little MOSFET. It's a surface mount part. It's incredibly small. And I was, uh, I got really excited. It came today and I'm like, oh gosh, I got to do this. And so I, I, <laughs> I kind of squirreled it all away knowing that I would do it in the afternoon. Didn't get to it. Finally got the kids settled and I went into the bedroom and told Liam, like, hey, you want to you wanna get started doing the podcast? Normally that's like a, I say it to you and then like, you know, 15, 30 minutes later you come out. Mm. So this time you were like, yeah, okay. And you like got up and you just started walking out there. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> oh, okay. I got to go fast. So I, I did it real fast. I shot a video. I'm, I'll post it. But um, yeah, it's it's up and running. It's putting out power output. Exactly what we expect. I gave it a dummy load. Dummy load was showing very low SWR again on the radio, which is what you expect. So I think we're good. I think we're back up and running. I guess you won't know until we're in San Jacinto. That's right. We're getting ready for a bit of a radio. Well, it's a vacation, but there will be lots of radio. Uh, yeah, soon. we're going to go to Palm Springs, and Palm Springs has a tramway that takes you from the desert to the mountains. So there's literally, <laughs> it's the craziest thing, because you can be in a pool, mm-hmm. right, in in Palm Springs, it'd mm-hmm. be like in the 70s. Take this tram, if you're in the right season, up to uh, Mount San Jacinto, mm-hmm. and there's snow. Yes, Icy. Yes. Icy conditions. Yes. And the, the fun thing, Leia asked me, she was like, you know, San Jacinto is probably a soda. Uh, yeah. How, how would, that, would you be interested in doing that? And I'm like, you know, I would. And then you yeah. looked it up and you're like, I, extremely I strenuous hike, 12 mile loop. Yeah. And then, and then you had the brilliant idea that you would ask Adam. And I'm like, Adam's not a good gauge for whether or not it's a strenuous hike. It's kind of like asking just, Superman. Like, yeah, is this like, heavy? <laughs> like, to you? Adam's like, I do that one on my lunch break. <laughs> that was our joke. Like, Adam turns the tram on, rides the tram, shuts it off. They just give the keys, and then he just runs it and gets up the hill. So, so then I'm like, I bet there's a couple activators that have made videos about mm-hmm. it. And, of course, Jerry was there, right? Oh. Right. So that was really nice. I got to watch Jerry again. I watched two of his. He's actually done that a couple of times. But the first video, the top hit, if you search San Jacinto Soda, is Adam doing the Checks out. On cross-country skis. <laughs> it's completely snow-covered. And he and a group of people are just skiing like uphill. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> uphill skiing. And you're like... What does it this guy do? I know. It's just incredible. It's like the most outdoorsman. You know what? He's better than Bear Grylls. Like totally. 100%. Yeah. That's So then I I I also texted him. By the way, Adam gets up very early and goes to sleep early, right? Yeah, that's usually how that works. So usually we have a pen pal system where I'll send him messages <laughs> late at night cuz I'm up really late and then I get up when I wake up. And so I, I texted him and I was like, "Hey, you know like a normal person, how hard is this hike?" And he's like, oh, it's it's not too difficult. It's kind of long, you know, which we already knew that. Yeah. But he's like, you know, this time of year, it's probably it might be a little icy. So you probably want like sh- uh, shoe spikes and an ice axe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know, as one has. <laughs> so just you're getting on the tram. What's the axe for? <laughs> <laughs> What's the axe for, my guy? 
<laughs> and and like an ice axe is a particularly aggressive looking weapon. <laughs> Have you seen an ice axe before? I haven't. Oh, they're they're impressive. I'll pull one up as as we're talking through things today. I can pull one up while you're. Go talking. ahead, an ice yeah. axe. But it's got two sides. So there's the the obvious like spiky axe head sign that you that you like. Oh my gosh! Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a death axe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you use that to like you know actually slam into ice, and it does hold you really well. There's guys who will use well all people that will use two in each hand, and they're like tethered to your wrist, so that if you mm. let go, it's you're still hanging. Then they'll climb up sheer ice walls. Not not too hard. Just need an ice axe. <laughs> like people will free climb up frozen waterfalls with ice axes and shoe spikes. Oh my god. Wild, right? Just wild stuff. It's a lot of trust in ice. <laughs> <laughs> a thing I've never really had to have a conversation with myself about. Like, how much do I trust this ice? <laughs> And my ability to get a good purchase. How much? How much do you trust it not to be also water? Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> like liquid water. How at confident? Some point. How hard are you, my guy? <laughs> what is your structural integrity? What would you say you are on the Mohs scale right now? <laughs> For anybody that that was a science joke, that's a hardness scale. <laughs> water is not hard. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so that was our that was uh, my big excitement, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. The good news is that there's plenty of potas around, and Adam said if I decided to do it, let him know because he'd come out. <laughs> He'll be like, I'll come out, I'll do the soda, and I'll meet you back down. <laughs> I'll be having cocoa by the, uh, by the gondola. <laughs> Look for me with my glow wine and cocoa. <laughs> anyway, again, thanks everybody for coming out. We do appreciate it. Leah, would you like to take a test? Mm, isn't that a question? <laughs> mm -hmm. I am on sub-element G2, just speeding through it five questions a week. <laughs> just the fastest way to go <laughs> The through. most effective way. Almost like male correspondence. Have you ever heard of the curve of forgetting? No. So there was a study done, and essentially when you first learn something... Mm -hmm. You understand it and you know it. That first day, you know it. Yeah. And then you start forgetting. Sure. Right? But the way to combat that is the next day mm -hmm. and for, you know, two or three days, you've just got to study the material for 10 minutes. That's it. 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. And it will get you back to the level of remembering and understanding of the first day. Oh, then interesting. Then after those couple of days, you can reduce down to five Okay. for a few more days, and that will get you back up to day one. Interesting. And then after that, two to three minutes. So that's that's probably one of the reasons why so many of the CW groups recommend if you're just like keeping it, it's mm -hmm. 10 minutes a day as you're like building, right? It you could go harder than that, but there's also I think there's also a break even like there's a break even point where if you go harder. You're not actually cramming any more in. Yeah, I mean, it, you just—it's the bare minimum. Is ten, right, but there's an opposite more. end, is what I'm saying. Like if you study too much, no, like, yeah, like, they're totally. There's is. such a thing as just. There is. But it, it's just it's <laughs> this not is something that shakes increasing. you to the core. There's no. What are you talking about? <laughs> there's no increasing returns though, for the more time. That's the point. Uh, there is an absolute period where your ability to mentally retain things after too much of one thing drops significantly. Well, it's not going to make you forget it. 
No, but your learning capacity goes well, down. Well, that's what I'm saying. But, but I would it's... argue then that that also leads to forgetfulness. Because if you didn't learn the thing to begin with and you overconfident, then you're like, I've got this. Okay. So I'm really working well with this curve of forgetting right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So the question, the first question reads, what does the Q signal QRV mean? A, you are sending too fast. B, I am ready to receive. C, there is interference on the frequency. Or D, I'm quitting for the day. <laughs> My give up. Uh, I selected B on a guess and it is I am ready to receive. It was an educated guess, though, because I know what the codes are for the other ones like oh, you're sending too fast interference yeah because i was going to say there's not necessarily a rhyme or reason or acronym system behind these they're just right, right that's what we're using what is the volunteer monitor program a amateur volunteers who conduct licensing amateur licensing examinations mm -hmm. that would be the ve teams mm. yeah b Amateur volunteers who conduct frequency coordination for amateur VHF repeaters. C, volunteers who are former, formally enlisted to monitor airwaves for rules violations. Or D, amateur volunteers who use their station equipment to have help civil defense organizations in times of emergency. The answer is C. It is, yes. Formally formally enlisted. Yeah, that doesn't mean they're paid or anything. Right, it, just it means... says volunteers. Right. It's very clear. Yeah, so Be clear. This, was, this was a much bigger thing back in the day. There was a guy named Riley Hollinsworth mm -hmm. who has a series of talks, and this is before YouTube got big, with an amateur radio. Mm -hmm. So these are like not great recordings of him at like Hamfest giving these really, really good talks. Like some of the best talks. If you look up like Raleigh Hollingsworth, like Turn the Big Dial, I think this is the title of one of the videos, or Turn the Big Knob. One of the best talks. So, so good. Anyway, he used to lead or have a major involvement with the volunteer coordinators and that whole system. Back in the day, they would listen to people talking, mm -hmm. and then they would send you postcards. Like, good job being a good ham on this day. I wow. heard you with a contact between so-and-so. And they will- like a ham token system. They'll, they'll like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're using with the kids. I noticed you did. You said something nice on the air today. <laughs> to another ham, here's a token. Yes. <laughs> right? Uh, just like that. And they do the opposite, too. We caught you on the air- we caught your call sign and you were being a lid. You were being a lid. Uh, cut that out, right? Send us a token back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send us a token. We deduct from you one token. That's right. So, yeah, okay, very good. Which of the following are objectives of the volunteer monitor program? A, to encourage amateur radio operators to self regulate and comply with the rules. B, to coordinate repeaters for efficient and orderly spectrum usage. C, to provide emergency and public safety communications. Or D, to conduct efficient and orderly amateur licensing examinations. The answer is A, to encourage mm -hmm. amateur radio operators to self-regulate and comply with the rules. Yes. What does the term zero beat mean in CW operation? A, matching the speed of the transmitting station. B, sending without error. 
C, matching the transmit frequency to the frequency of a received signal, or D, operating split to avoid interference on frequency? I have seen this question before. Mm -hmm. The answer is C, matching the transmit frequency to the frequency of a received signal. Okay. What pro sign is sent to indicate the end of a formal message when using CW? Yes. A, KN, B, BK, C, A, R, or D, S, K. I think we've seen this one before, too. But the answer is C, A, R. Yes. I feel like that's like a, a bit of a tough one to remember. Wow. But it does acknowledge receipt. Acknowledge receipt. Yes. All right. What procedure may be used by volunteer monitors to localize a station whose continuous carrier is holding a repeater on in their area? A. All these choices are correct. B. Compare the vertical and horizontal signal strengths on the input frequency. B. Compare, compare the beam headings on the repeater input from their home locations with that of other volunteer monitors. Mm -hmm. Or D. Compare signal strengths between the input and output of the repeater. I got this wrong, but it is... Compare beam headings on the repeater input from their home locations with that of other volunteer monitors. Very important to do. That way you don't have uh, two repeaters that are like overlapping each other. Okay. Where you're like, key, like, you're in one location and you can key up two repeaters simultaneously. And then they're transmitting back. <laughs> Not great. Not a great situation, right? Want to avoid that if possible. I think that was five. Yeah, I think so. Great yeah. job, Leah. Yeah, Thanks. pretty good. Well, that's a three out of three out of five, I think. You're not. You're not. Um, you got two wrong. I thought. I don't think so. Okay, we'll we'll give you the four out of five. You're not back to taking practice tests yet, but I think everybody's just waiting so anxiously for you to start. That I, don't, I don't think you should be anxious about it. It's not yes. happening this year. Oh, this year. <laughs> It's 2023. Oh, okay. You're, you're saying, <laughs> all right, all right, fine. I'm like, wow. All right. I totally forgot about that. If you'd like to study along with Leah, we really recommend the Gordon West Radio Test Prep books. We will have links in the description, the show notes for podcast parlance, to Amazon. That's where you can find them. That's the easy way. We also like the Fast Track to Your Ham Radio License books on Audible. Links are also in the show notes. And if you want to do it just the way Leah's doing it, go check out hamstudy.org. And that's a, a really fast way to track your progress, take practice exams. And the full story here, hamstudy.org also created exam tools. Exam tools is what people use to take online testing these days. And if you'd like to help out in that whole, that whole thing, go to Signal Stuff, Signal Stick. We have links in the show notes for that as well. They make fantastic antennas for your HD and your mobile, for your car. You can use them just anytime. They're very durable, very resistant to the outdoors. I highly recommend them for just having an anywhere grab-and-go antenna. And some of that proceeds goes to support all that other stuff because yeah. it's all Good ran guys. by the same Doesn't rate. afraid of anything. That's right. Exactly. Doesn't afraid of anything. <laughs> Halo's a really cool guy and doesn't afraid of anything. Who remembers that meme? That's quite a really aging us on that one, Leah. Well, join the conversation by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts for the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. We really do appreciate it. And 
or emailing us at leahathamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious, and we appreciate it. We do appreciate it. So I think it's been uh, seven days since we uh, last pod, and we have three reviews today. Oh. This is from Randy. Hey, Randy. With an exclamation point. Awesome podcast. Great podcast. Been listening for several years now. Wow, for someone, thank you. Yeah, and for someone to hold my attention for this long has got to be good. The elite couple discuss a variety of ham radio topics on each episode and a whole lot more. Sometimes the whole lot more can even be even more interesting. This is one of the... <laughs> This is one of those things that once you pick it up, you can't put it back down. Thanks, Josh and Leah, for entertaining us every week. Well, thank Aww, you, thanks Randy. Thanks for listening and for the great review. Randy's got an exclamation point at the end of his name. So it's Randy. Uh, <laughs> that's what you're doing? Yeah. Kevin Sol- Solanen. They say, great podcast. The obviously loving dynamic between the show's hosts and Leah and, Leah and Josh helped to highlight something too often forgotten. Ham radio is fun. I particularly enjoy the CW Lounge segment. Oh, man, Randy. As I'm trying to relearn <laughs> oh, CW after a long while off the air. Oh, nice. It's great to share some of the challenges any <laughs> learner or relearner faces with the hosts. The topics range from accessible technical material to life issues and are all discussed with a lighthearted perspective. Great work, you two. Keep it up. Oh, thank you. At 73 from N7KV. That's Kevin. Well, thank you, Kevin. That's awesome. Thanks, Kevin. And this is from Mr. Cop. Great info for new and OMs. Looking forward to new content every week. Thanks for sharing. So thank Thank you, you. everyone, for the comments. That is just uh, heartwarming. I'm so happy. In this holiday season. What a... What a great gift. It's Yeah, in this Thank holiday you. season, we absolutely love that. So thanks for taking the time, and uh, and we really, really do appreciate it. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into you the ready? unknown I will go, go. for I shall ready? fear no Let's man of peace. One go. foot after on, the other, for I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. Mm, indeed. We well, welcome. Welcome to the Preparedness Corner. This is where Leia is going to take us on a little journey into the world of self-reliance and personal preparedness. So, on the topic of gifts, ah. I thought we would go through gifts to get family members and friends, mm-hmm. neighbors, whoever, whoever mm-hmm. uh, more prepared. Okay. And so uh, there is a list that I have on a website um, that I will post in the show notes, but I wanted to get ideas from you of what you thought right off the bat, what would be a great gift for somebody who's new to preparedness. Okay. A fire extinguisher. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. I was going to say a harvest right (laughs) food Bucket. Food. No. Freeze dryer. Oh, I'm wow. just kidding. It's like $3,000 or $5,000. Going right going into in the expensive territory. All right. So the first suggestion from this website is silica gel packets. Interesting. Okay. For um, for putting in with food supplies, pew-pew cases, the, the whole thing. Okay. 
keep things dry. For uh, gun storage, that's true. That's helpful. For food storage, it it will give some benefit. Mm -hmm. But if you really truly wanted to preserve food in bulk, Mm -hmm. you generally need to use those Mylar bags Mm -hmm. and you use oxygen absorbers. So isn't it funny that you could give somebody a Mylar bag and oxygen absorbers Mm -hmm. and even a bucket Mm-hmm. And just empty and go here. This is for food storage. But if you were to just give somebody a bucket of rice, they would be like, "What the hell?" <laughs> yes. <It's- laughs> yeah. I, I can see that. I can see that. Like, what? What is this, man? Why'd you give me a bucket of beans? <laughs> what, what is this? <laughs> Why? No, so the the advantage of of doing it yourself is, one, you can obviously make these in different denominations of of size. These Mylar bags can be, like, really big, right? And you can cut them. Right. uh, Basically, the way you seal them is you use, like, I used a level, like a metal level that you Mm -hmm. use for leveling woodwork, Uh, right? As you do. As you do. And you just lay the Mylar bag on top of it, and then you just take your commercial home iron. Try to get as much air out as you can and then just iron the top and that seals it. Josh is saying that because I I have very straight hair. Just very so I don't have a flat iron. <laughs> no, you well, you can't use the flat iron because the hinge, unless you could open the hinge ninety degrees or more. You need to have just a iron both sides. That's how flat irons work. They're flat on both sides and you just run it along the top. I guess that could work, but it's a lot easier to be able to push the air out to then push it over the top of the the um, the level. All right. So Fair. you need to use a bucket, like a Homer bucket. Mm-hmm. You put the Mylar bag in the Homer bucket. Then you fill whatever it is, grains, beans, whatever. Then you try and squish out as much of the air as you can. Well, before you squish it out, you got <coughs> to throw in two of these oxygen absorbers, right? Then fold, push out the air, then bring it over the top of the level, and then iron it closed. The cool thing about those oxygen absorbers, they're basically the same thing as hand warmers. Oh. Those chemically active Uh hand warmers. It's really just iron shavings. (coughs) That's all that is, is just like iron shavings that get hot as the air hits it and it starts to oxidize. Mm -hmm. So they work fantastically. We've had rice for, I think we've got rice that's like 10 years old in some cases. How do you know it's working fantastically? Because I, I I check them and see if the seal's good. Okay. And if they're not taking on air. All right. Obviously bugs. But again, the Homer buckets are sealed. Yeah. So. Okay. So the next suggestion is a Leatherman. Mm-hmm. What do you think is a must-have in a Leatherman? They specifically recommend the Leatherman Wave 2, which mm. I'm going to show you a picture of it. It's got all the... Uh, all the components. Yeah, out. yeah, that's a that's a good. Uh, so Leatherman Wave is kind of on the big side. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the advantages of the Leatherman Wave is that it has replaceable wire cutters. The elements are actually you can take them off and put on new ones. Mm. So if you strip a lot of wires or cut a lot of wires, that's something you may need. Generally, you're going to want to have a screwdriver or a bit driver. Bit drivers are usually really really nice. The flat bit drivers that Leatherman has are okay, but a full size you know hexagonal. Uh, bit drivers like the best there's a solution for that the next next suggestion is a gerber dime which is a smaller multi-tool i don't like the gerber dime i have one of those okay i think it's cheap so no on that one yeah if you want to go small um if you want to go small pocket tool 
it multi-tool. It's got to be the SOG Power Pint. That is okay. what I've been carrying. I literally have it in my pocket right now. It is a very, very good small multi-tool. Uh, I have the Leatherman Free P4, which is mm -hmm. the one I've been carrying. I like that more than the Wave. It's a little bit lighter. One of the things you'll find in some of the multi-tools that some people really like is that they're spring-loaded so that when you release the jaws or when you release the handles, the jaws will open up. Okay. Which for a lot of folks, that's actually has like a ton of value versus having to like put your fingers underneath it and open it. If you're in like in a high space, you mm -hmm. could sometimes potentially drop the tool and then you have to go down the ladder, pick the tool back up and go back up. So the spring-loaded ones are often really, really nice. The thing I find with multi-tools though, and I, I hope nobody you know takes this the wrong way, is that they're, they're obviously a, they're a compromised tool, like a compromised antenna. They will do a lot of things, much like a compromised antenna being multi-band, a multi-tool have lots of tools, but sometimes it can be incredibly frustrating using them and incredibly uncomfortable. At the same time, I'd rather have one than not have it, um, but they're highly, highly subjective and highly personal. Some folks that are the preparedness-minded type might prefer the Leatherman Signal particularly if they're outdoorsmen, mm -hmm. then the Leatherman wave in some cases. So it's things to continue uh, consider. Okay. The next suggestion is a first aid kit. Oh, I mean, that should have been the first first idea. That's also rife with pitfalls, though. Okay. C continue, though. Let, let's go through it. That's... Is there more to read? Or... Oh, yeah. Oh, there's more. Yeah. Well, go ahead and read the first I... aid kit and then... Yeah, so the first aid kit, um, the suggested is a pre-made first aid kit yeah. that comes with trauma dressings, gauze, band-aids, antibiotic ointment, aspirin, scissors, cat tourniquet, and a CPR shield. Oh, you think you're going to stumble on a lot of bleeding cats? <laughs> no, that's not what that is. That's a joke. If you'd like to know the thoughts of people that are much more closer to this than I am, particularly in the space of emergency first aid, go watch my video that I did with W6RIP and K6ARK, Adam, uh, talking about a couple of first aid kits that were sent to me that we reviewed. Okay. First aid kits vary significantly in cost and quality of material. Mm. Plus, there will be some things that, I should not say some things, some kits that try to do too much. And they'll include things that like, meh, like I see where you're going with that, but in a lot of cases that might not be needed. So if you're, for instance, going in the woods, you might not need necessarily quick clot um, in favor of just another blood stopper like a cat tourniquet or just like a good wound packing gauze and some kind of compression wrap or is an, an Israeli bandage. Sometimes so they want to cram all of that into a, a bag mm -hmm. and... Then if you're actually in an emergency situation and you need that tourniquet, where is it? It's somewhere buried in the bottom of the thing. Mm. And you have to go fishing through it and spill everything else on the ground and try and find it, particularly if you're bleeding or someone, you know, whatever is really going through it. Some folks will actually have like a trauma kit that they leave like on their belt mm. in a big red bag that's like unmistakable. And it's literally just cat tourniquet ready to go, slip it over the leg or arm, cinch it down and then start twisting the windlass. They'll have like trauma shears mm. and then another blood stopper or something along those lines. That's like a trauma kit. Okay. So the people that get deeper, like, so if this was like the, the, the cheap lake fishing rod to get people hooked, it has the tackle box mm -hmm. that's zip tied it, you know, to yeah. the side of it. Mm -hmm. It still has value if they go down further in the rabbit hole. Sure. The reality is, is if it's just a stepping stone, it's better than nothing again. Right. Okay. 
The next suggestion is a SteriPen UV water purifier. Yeah. It uses UV light yeah. to sterilize water. It doesn't filter it, obviously, but it's sterile. That's so strange because I don't know that I would. One, you'd have to make sure that that had batteries in it. Because if was, it doesn't have batteries in it, then you don't have a way to purify. That was going to be my first knock. Yeah. But then also, how do you know that it works? Well, yeah. Using there's, there's UV that. light. There was um, th there's a couple of things you can do. There's there's liquid drops that you can add to some amount of water. That's why a lot of guys would carry Nalgene containers because it has the graduated mm -hmm. measuring on the side, mm -hmm. which has perfect measurement with these Aqua drops. There's also tablets that you can add, same kind of concept. Sometimes they impart flavor, which people don't like. But again, if you're dying of thirst, it doesn't really matter. I still like the Sawyer filters, the Sawyer Bee Free filter you bag. You don't have to sterilize that water? Oh, sorry. Katydine Bee Free and the Sawyer Squeeze. That's a filter. Uh, that's a filter solution. That will filter out many things, but some things that are smaller than the filter membrane can get through that right. could be bad, right? Right. Could be bad. So you could do a, a, a two-part approach to it where you, you filter and also hit it with the drops or hit it with whatever. There was actually a guy, I, I, I didn't know of this. I was watching um, some YouTube channel. I don't remember another survival thing. He actually carries with him this device. It, it does run on power, but it, the batteries last forever. That will take water and table salt and create bleach. Really? Yeah. And um, you, it, it does this perfect measurement thing that you get just the right amount of bleach that you can add to, again, a Nalgene container with the measurements. And it will add just the right amount of bleach to fully treat the water without being a problem to drink. Oh, wild. Super cool. Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, bleach is just chemical reaction, you know, yeah. your basic chemistry, mm -hmm. right, uh, to, to create something that could totally purify your water. Again, doesn't filter it. So that's why you have like a smog or a bandana or even a coffee filter that you can mm -hmm. filter the water through into a wide mouth Nalgene container and then hit it with the bleach after you're done with that. All right. The next is a Cat Gen 7 tourniquet. Yeah. Do you know what that is? So I'm. It, it's basically a Velcro strap mm -hmm. that goes, it's, it's sized to go over a thigh. Because that's right. what you're worried about. You're worried about like a femoral artery hit or something mm -hmm. like that or, you know, whatever. So it goes over the leg. You tighten it down as much as you can with the Velcro strap. And then it has a bar, a plastic bar. And okay. it's called a windlass. Do you know what a windlass is? No. Okay, well, it's basically a plastic bar that the more you tighten it up, the more it makes the tourniquet squeeze. And then it has a like locking this. C. Yeah, exactly that. That plastic bar that's at an angle. Mm -hmm. You, you keep spinning that until the person screams their head off and then the blood stops. <laughs> and then you and then you put the little one of the legs into that C and it prevents it from unwinding. Oh. And then you take a Sharpie pen and on that white label, you write the time and day that you applied the tourniquet. Okay. Shutting off the blood flow to any extremity on a human being is incredibly painful. Oh. Incredibly painful. So... Just know if you're going down this well, I mean, if you're going to die and you got the will to live, you're going to do it, right? Mm -hmm. But doing it to someone else is going to be shocking. Okay. Right? Just keep All right. that in mind. The next suggestion is a pair of sunglasses, but not just any sunglasses. Polarized. Uh, 
yes, polarized, but one with a facial cavity seal to create a snug fit mm-hmm. around the face so that irritants and peripheral light cannot get through. Uh, I see this most of the time for people that don't necessarily run goggles if they go skiing or they're in the snow to okay. prevent snow blindness. Okay. Snow blindness is no joke. Yeah. Have you ever experienced that before? No. You've never been skiing or snowboarding and forgot to wear sunglasses or anything like that? Or had them off for a period of time? I have been snowboarding and not wear sunglasses. On a really sunny day? Mm, I guess not. Yeah, really sunny days. The snow like reflects the sun. Okay. It's serious. Yeah, it's it's crazy. All right. Uh, then... A five-gallon stackable water containers. Yeah. Love that. Okay. That's, please, everybody listening, make sure you have water on hand, even if you're not a prepper, please. The Augustin Farms 30-day emergency food supply. Is that a bucket? Yes. It is a bucket full of food. Uh, It's, uh, okay, again, if this is the the stepping stone to a longer, more... Fruitful might be the wrong word, but more comfortable, you know, preparedness kind of building than... I just think that if you were to gift something like this... Mm-hmm. Hey, you're a wacko. That <laughs> there's so much better, fl- like, flavored yeah. emergency food than Augustin. I guess it also depends on how much money you want to spend, right? That's true. Because some of these freeze-dried meals are insanely expensive. That goes back to the whole the the oxygen absorber and mylar bag thing Mm -hmm. because no matter how you look at it rice and beans is going to be incredibly less expensive than these freeze-dried meals they might be i don't know again it it all depends on how good of a cook you are too right if people just they do not know how to cook then some of these meals might be totally fine for them i you know i don't know that's true yeah but the next suggestion is the food saver vacuum sealer machine system We actually have one of these. So the way that this machine works is there's not just a um, a food saver portion, which is like you use plastic, like a spool of plastic sheeting. There's like a roll that goes inside of the unit and you pull out how much you want and you use the cutter thing to yeah, and then it make seals a bag, it. right? <clears throat> the food saver system actually allows you to vacuum seal jars, though. There's uh, special lids. Yeah, ours did too. And, it, and they work That's on, what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like mason. You can actually use it with mason, mason jars. Yeah. yeah. So you just have a lot more options, especially if you're somebody like me who doesn't like to use a ton of plastic that jar option is fantastic what would so this is i don't know this so you you answer this question what would you put in there in a jar yeah like if you're gonna put it on the shelf blah 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 you're gonna store up some food what would you put in there like in a jar or make a bag i don't know what would you do uh if it was for something with like long-term rotating storage i would probably do sugar okay um Salt, uh, just Salt anything. Salt doesn't go bad, though. No, but you just don't want stuff getting in it. Okay. I was pretty you know, confident like, things don't want to get in salt, but. If you buy, like, very large quantities of things, like you go to a restaurant supply mm-hmm. to oh, I buy see. these things, then 
having it in a jar that you can mm-hmm. swap out in from your storage right. to your active use, having them in jars is really good. I, I, I can see that. So instead of like, you're not just going to leave a 50-pound bag of right. sugar or salt on the table right. or the counter. You're going to break that down into smaller things. The problem I always have with the food saver stuff is that most of the stuff you use a food saver for is something that's then going to go in like a freezer. Well, the the vacuum sealer is really best for like dry stuff. It's not going to make things shelf stable. Right. I mean, but if you do, everybody listening, if you do have a long-term freezer type of solution going on, these food saver bags are really good because they generally- Dried fruit. Nuts. Sure. Anything you don't want to go to stale- Right, but the freezer bag, the bags are good because it prevents freezer burn too, <clears throat> yeah, which is yeah. good, really good. All right, the next one is a purifier suggestion, but we've already talked about that, right? Oh, but this one is a cell. Oh, that's really expensive. Okay, is there's an MSR Guardian purifier. Okay, yeah, it's like a pump system. Yes, and it self cleans. Oh, see, that's nice. The thing with the um, the Sawyers get into is you have to keep the back flushing plunger with it because it'll jam up occasionally all right so on to the prepper on the go uh, oh first one out the gate is a radio but oh. it's not a ham radio it's like a crank solar emergency it's like a radio. dual it's a dual band radio what? it's suggesting a midland two-way dual band radio set dual band yeah okay. i'm gonna show it to you so it's yeah. like it's gmrs just, and what that's GMRS. Yeah, FRS and GMRS. Oh, that's not dual band. They well, occupy the same band. It said that it was dual band. Yeah, they're wrong. They occupy the same band. Solo stove uh, sure. with the pot combo. Ooh, with the pot combo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 511 Tactical Rush 72 bag. That's a good bag. Sure. I have one of those. Sure you do. Mm-hmm. That checks out. Uh, then there's another suggestion for a smaller first aid kit that doesn't have nearly... As much stuff. But the, then there's a sweet water trauma kit. Okay. Okay, trauma kit. Does this go back to the um, blood stoppers? It has in it uh, a tourniquet, trauma bandages, scissors, gloves, mini marker, gauze, and elastic wrap bandage, but no blood stopper. Those are all blood yeah. stoppers. <laughs> That's literally what I meant. Oh. Really? Yeah. Uh, tourniquet, the compression well, the tourniquet, bandage. Yeah. Compression bandage is a blood okay, stopper. there you go. Mm-hmm. Binoculars. That's specifically the Maven C.2 binoculars. Okay. I'm assuming because they're lightweight, small. I don't know enough about binoculars. I got a really nice pair that I won uh, from the Rod and Gun Club many, many years ago. Uh, years ago. It's a Leupold, which is the same brand that makes rifle sights. Okay. Great. Really, really nice, but you know, they're they stopped making those years ago. Then, uh, there, <laughs> there's pants. Pants, <laughs> you have a particular pair of pants that you're like, This is it, these are the only pants I'm buying yeah. from now on. I, I can wear them to work, I can wear them on hike, I can, <laughs> I just wear them, I can wear them to weddings. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know that I've done that, but. What what are those pants? I don't remember. Oh, that's terrible. They are like good looking pants though. Three different kinds, uh, three different pairs of them. They are the the antithesis of like cargo shorts without losing pockets. 
Mm. So it still has like a side pocket that you could slide a phone into. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I love these things. I got to go look now. Yeah, I got to go grab them. They are the cool. So K H, sorry, K U H L, and it's the U with the dots above it. Cool. Mm -hmm. Cool Deceptor. D E C E P T R. Deceptor. Great pants. Absolutely. Absolutely love them. Uh, I have worn these on hikes. I've worn them to the office. I crawl around on rocks and stuff, scraped them up against things, had no problem. They're not warm pants. I'd say that. They're not going to make you feel like good in a four season type of situation, <laughs> but uh, they're, they're great for me in California. So keep that in mind. All right. So the next suggestion is for the Sabre three in one defensive spray. Hmm. It's essentially like pepper spray. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we carry those palm pepper sprays. Yeah. Papa Oscar Mary. It has a different deployment thing. The uh, saber ones, you have to like rotate, I think, a thing. Like mm -hmm. you have to rotate something over and then squeeze. The palm has a little cover that you go over the top of with your finger mm -hmm. and then push down. I carry that palm on me all the time now. And it has a pocket clip, slides in the pocket effortlessly. They're pretty inexpensive, and you can buy like a four-pack, and they all come individually packaged. You could give them out as stocking stuffers. They're not incredibly expensive, and while I can't cope to uh, cop to what the strength in Scoville units is, I've seen videos comparing You sprayed them. it on your food, and it's pretty tasty. I, it, it is, it's spicy enough that I can eat it and be like, yeah, that's that's legitimately spicy. <laughs> um, they're, they're, so that's what I've been carrying. Anyway, yeah. All right. Well, I will drop the link in the show notes. Uh, I am debating whether or not to just drop links to your alternative suggestions, too. Did you write them down? Uh, most of them. Yeah. All right. Well, mm -hmm. maybe. There you go. Maybe look for some Amazon links, too. Sure. We appreciate it if you do that. Right? Right. What's that noise? Believe. It is a primitive form of communication known as Morse code. You're right. I'm at a lot of practice. Stop it. Stop what? You're talking about me and Morse code. What the hell is he saying? It seems they're getting a signal. Old Morse code. Boop, boop, boop. Boop, boop, boop. Boop, boop, boop. We got contact. Oh, Leia, it's your favorite time. It's CW Lounge time. Leia's got her straight key here. I'm going to go ahead and get you tuned up a little bit. Hold on. Hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wow. Whoa, hold on. All right, we introduced a character last week. Do you remember what it was? It was A. Oh, you did remember. All right, so you can start keying in two, one. Go ahead. M. U. S. Oh, okay. No. Dot. I know what you meant. Okay. No. No. <laughs> uh, oh, R. No, K. Uh, R. I forgot what A was. Was it? Da. That's, so the way you're sending M, I know you're trying to do A. Yeah. Your problem wasn't the da, it was the dit. Make your dit faster. There you go. 
Uh, slamming it harder doesn't actually make it faster. What if like, I throw it against the wall? So it, <laughs> then it's a full send. So if you if you hold it like with your fingers on there, you're not like just pushing like that. You hold it. You go. See? She don't care. You've changed my keyboard to Chinese. Great. What? How did I do that? And that's that's better that's better yeah okay, great here you ready here we go <laughs> here we go all right uh second round and three two one That I missed a bunch, and then it's R M M. No. Okay. There was an R A S. Okay. Then an S A A A R. That's at the end. The A A A R. Yeah, that is at the okay. end. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's try it again. So I realized why you're hitting the um, the autocorrect is now you've added enough characters to make words to it's, make it's the a. iPad get it's the A yeah. is like what you really meant. A bad speller. All right, here we go. Ready? Mm -hmm. And three, two, one. Okay. S. Yes. R. R. U. U. A. 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 R. S A R A. I missed a bunch of letters in there. Oh, okay. Yeah, then, there was an S, then there was an A. Uh huh. Then an A. There was an R. R S. There was an S A R U at the end. Okay. Well, that's. Wow. Really mucked that up. Mm hmm. Huh. What do you want me to say here? I don't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fully mucked. Great. Okay, let's just... You want to go down a, a notch here? Or... Okay. <laughs> if, we, if we must. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. And here we go. Three, two, one. probably got all of that right no i think the a is messing me up oh no really bad is it s yes r r r r m r m a m a s s m a a m m k a k okay great no great not great Maybe you should have played the letters at the beginning so that 
so that everybody remembers what each letter sounds like. Uh, you wanted to do the king. <laughs> this is all your... I'm trying to be hospitable to you because I know you're not exactly <laughs> enthralled with this segment. So enthralled. So enthralled. All right. Well, we'll be back at it next week. That's it. She's done, guys. <laughs> Kiss that one goodbye. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just add that list. To, add that to the list of things you should be doing, right? Like taking your practice exam, <laughs> practicing. See, every 10, just 10 minutes a day, Leah. Right? Right. Right. Of course. Right. Just yeah. 10 minutes a day. Just 10 minutes a day. You should see her face right now. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. Uh, yeah, you know, as always, we do appreciate you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for coming out. So the show topic All right, so today's is discussion point. Today is, right, go on to the show. The topic of today's show is... Gentlemen, let's get down to business. It's a wonderful time to be alive as a ham, Leah. It is. It really is, yeah. Is it because of the solar cycle? Or well, yeah. Like, oh talking about gosh, 10 meters? Like, like, just, like it's all so things, many all things new are coming radios. Up ham. They're all, all things are coming up ham. Things are more user-friendly. Yeah. Just better <laughs> and better. So today is definitely not the first time something like this has happened, but I got a part in the mail, something I, I ordered. And it's one of the oh, first... surprise, surprise. What? Uh, it's one of the first... <laughs> examples that i can think of in many years that someone has like mass produced a part right this part is designed to seamlessly with no soldering slide into a major manufacturer's radio replacing an identical board basically okay and changes the capability of the radio and actually improves areas of it okay a a group of folks and i, I made a live stream on this we did it we did it live it's called ihelpyou.tech, and they produced what they're calling the ICOM IC705. What a friendly name. USB-C-Send Control Board Upgrade. What this does, when the ICOM IC705 came out, it was kind of at that spot where many things were adopting USB-C, but it mm -hmm. hadn't fully taken over yet. Remember like when you bought something that was like cutting edge and mm -hmm. you opened it and you're like, micro USB, what's yes. this? It was like two, three yes. years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Where it started, everything started going USB-C, but there was a couple of stragglers. So there's nothing inherently wrong with the ICOM 705 having a micro USB cable as the connection, the USB connection, right? We, we used it for decades on our phone and they lasted just fine. Every day, plug in, plug out, plug in, unplug, blah, blah, blah. Aside from the speed of charging. Sure, sure but that's that's not a problem here because we're not sending fast data, right? We're not doing that with, with ham radio. The problem that USB, micro USB has is that a lot of the cables that were on the market, we were just inundated with poor cables. They were either charge only cables or they were uh, data cables. <gasps> That's right. Right. Or they were charge and data, but they were very cheap data cables, and they were unshielded. Mm. So that's a big problem if you want to use this cable to be able to communicate to, like, your computer. Right. Right? So you've got RF flying all over the place, and that cable is, like, the ultimate weak link because it's unshielded. It's very inexpensive. And so it would lead to people having USB, like, dropout problems 
with the ICOM 705. And mm. it led to, you know, comments and video, a lot of live streams we talked about. It. It's like, how do we get around this? And, and the answer was, is you got to go get a very specific kind of cable. And that helps mitigate a lot of the problems, right? So you create this situation where it's like, do I have one of these at my home? Yeah, of course I do. I got 18,000 of these micro USB cables and I got to go through but all of them one is to it? find the right one, right? Just, just all kinds of stuff, right? So this company came out with this drop-in board it's literally open up the icon, pull out three screws, swap a ribbon cable, put the new board in, put the oh, that's all. In. That's it. You're like on step ten. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's easy. You just unscrew everything and swap the ribbon cable, and that's it. You're done. Uh, you're such a glutton for punishment. <laughs> I'm not. That's easy. That's so easy. To a ham, this is nothing. The other thing it did, and this is actually the the big upgrade from my point of view. The ICOM 705 we know is a QRP radio, right? Mm-hmm. QRP radios um, are, are really for nice. For heroes. Yeah, for heroes. But sometimes you, you can have a portable amplifier that you can connect to a QRP radio to get you up to like 50 or 100 watts. The ICOM 705 supports this with something called a, a send port, and it uses a tip ring sleeve 3.5 millimeter plug, right? Like, a, like an audio headphone jack, right? Okay. Headphone jack plug. The downside with this, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote their webpage um, explicitly, is that basically it says that the, um, let's see, where is it? I lost it. Okay. This drop-in replacement control board gives you USB-C, blah, blah, blah. Where is it? Ah, the Send ALC circuit has also been upgraded for additional protection for connecting external amplifiers. The original board from ICOM was only capable of switching less than 30 milliamps of current on the send line. Connecting an amplifier that operates by switching 12 volt to ground would likely fry your original board as it did to mine. Our new control board has upgraded MOSFETs for the send line that can switch up to one amp of current. We also added a Zener diode to protect against voltage spikes above 16 volts. Our upgrade to this circuit makes your 705 compatible with most 12 volt amplifiers without additional amplifiers other than the TRS, tip ring sleeve, 3.5 millimeter jack. And they mentioned that this works great with homebrew 12 volt amps, even up to the 10 tech Titan amp, which is a vacuum relay set. I actually have a couple of amps that um, I, I ended up frying one of the amps and I had other problems just getting it to operate with the 705 because of this problem. It didn't have okay. an appropriate send capability. Now, this makes the 705 able to pretty much work with anything as long as you can get it the tip ring sleeve and do whatever wiring corrections you have to do. Sure. And it's at the cost and of... And you're able to do a rain dance outside. No, this is this is great. Uh, and it's it's $84 basically for this drop-in board to give you USB-C, so better cabling options, right? Um, all the capabilities of then being able to use battery backup, you know, devices you carry with you. It doesn't suppo support power delivery, um, you know, because the radio just doesn't take it. The charging circuit's not going to actually, you know, use that much power. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a fantastic little unit. And again, this is kind of one of the, the first-ish type of products that you can kind of mass produce because I'm not saying this group is doing this, but looking at how it's made, this looks like, you know, printed PCBs that you could farm out to like a Chinese company to just mass print all these devices okay. or all these PCBs. And you could probably even have it pick in place the whole assembly and have them like send it back to you fully completed, fully kitted, ready to go. In fact, I think that's exactly what they're doing. They have, they have a 
factory in China that's probably just pumping these things out. And then they just have to do like a QA check when they get it back and then they can start sending it, right? Mm -hmm. So back in the day, again, this is not a new thing. So nobody, nobody take what I'm saying the wrong way. It's not like hams haven't been modifying their radios to make them do more of what they wanted to do. But this is kind of the proliferation of easy printable PCBs that you can farm out to China and other countries to be able to get like really substantial high quality parts for really inexpensive. Back in the day, you know what a PCB is, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a silicon wafer, you know, circuit board. Well, the, the way circuit boards work is they're like they have printed leads, almost like spaghetti that's laid out as the circuit. It's it's the wires, basically. Okay. If you think about it, right? The traces, as they call it. Back in the day, you used to get a board that was copper on the surface. And okay. It was silicon underneath, and you'd use like a a pen. Back in my day, you, you'd use a pen or a printer to print the circuit diagram on top of the board, and then you'd use an acid that would etch off the copper. It's pretty the excess nifty, copper. actually. Yeah, but think of doing that for every one of these things you'd have to produce. Mm. You'd have to buy a huge wafer of it, and then you'd have to draw out all the things printed out, and then you have to etch it all out in a way, then clean off the etch protector drill your holes for the through hole printing or whatever you were doing. It was just much harder to be able to bring something like this to the market versus what we have today, which is pretty cool stuff. So big, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of this product. The actual, the, um, the creator of it emailed me after I did the live stream, mm -hmm. they sold out like all their pre-orders. They had 300. Oh, um, wow. Orders, they're gone. So they're back ordered again. Um, but with the interest that they have in this now, they expect that they can actually get a much faster throughput time. So okay. he was saying in the email that potentially everybody that ordered it after the live stream might be able to get it before Christmas. Whoa. So super cool, right? So again, that's a comment on the speed and capability of some of the things that we're talking about. Because you definitely couldn't be printing PCBs to the tune of 300 of these bad boys today. Right. And get them in Ham's hands, mm -hmm. those hot ham hands, um, by Christmas. Right. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm a I, I can't wait to see what the future holds for some of this stuff because like, you know, this is kind of not a revolution, but it is definitely the speed at which can turn just a hobbyist design and a hobbyist change into something that could be useful to just many, many people, right? Across right. the board within our hobby. Just beautiful. What a what a cool idea. So hats off to you. There'll be a link in the description, but go ahead and go to I help you, and that's the letter U dot tech. So India Hotel Echo Lima Papa Uniform dot tech. Great. Tango Echo Charlie Hotel. Exciting. Yeah. So not a not a big show topic today, but I was just so chuffed as chips, as they say in the UK, by this Is uh, it chuffed or is it chuffed? It's chuffed. Oh, I always read it as chuffed. chuffed. It's chuffed. You've never heard a, a, a British person say chuffed as chips? No. How does chuffed as chips sound to you? Sounds fine. <laughs> Leia is the person that when you um when you watch a British programming with her, particularly if it's like a British program that is for Brits, mm. you will be like, what they say? <laughs> what what they say right now? Because there's a number of things that we get that, like, you know, Doctor Who, right? Yes. Doctor Who that is. Very easy to follow what's going on. But then you get something like Phone Shop. And you're like, <laughs> what's happening? What is actually happening on this show? I know these are English words, but. <laughs> I know our language technically came from them, but what is happening? It's pretty wild. I saw somebody do a video 
all in Australian slang. <laughs> I was just, what's happening? What was the, <laughs> what were all the, the things if you say with an, an, English, an American accent, it sounds like an Australian word? Uh, so many things. There's so there's but, like a whole like uh, I, Instagram reels on that. I couldn't find the rest of them, but I I did find one, and it's a it's like a meme post. It says I was today years old when I found out that if you say R N R, it sounds like oh no in an Australian accent. So say it fast. R N R. R N R. R N R. R N R. Josh made me do it. Don't don't at me. <laughs> Hayden? <laughs> Hayden? Come at her, man. Come at her with the hate. <laughs> no, I anyway, it's just in fun. We we of course love all of our Aussie friends and and, and the Kiwis, Kiwis kind of kind of similar, but they would be mad. At us. They're not the same. No, the accents yeah. are not the same either. Yeah. Come on. Come on now. Or nar. See, that's that's your that's your American exceptionalism showing right there. Well, you all sound alike to us. That's right. What's happening? The staircase has changed, remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. Welcome to the email correspondence tower looming there in the distance where you send us your emails. We read them on the show. Try to answer them, but really just have a good time doing it. You can email us at leah at hamtactical.com for that. But before we get to the tower, to the left, there's a small building. It's called the Physical Mail Depot. And that's where you can kind of just mail us stuff. What a what a concept. Remember and we open it. This? We open it on the air, and it's an interesting pod. It's How do like we describe? A, it's, <laughs> it's like an unboxing, but... You can't see anything. <laughs> so this is from Ahmed, I believe. So it is a, uh, a folded piece of paper with a, some... Oh, there's a, a patch, a Velcro patch. It says KI6NAZ. It says, hello, Josh. We have never met, but I have watched so many of your videos that I feel like I know you. I made some call sign Velcro morale patches for myself the other day. And heck, why not make some for the guys I like to watch on YouTube? Hey, that's oh, fantastic. That's so this nice. is really nice quality. You got a pretty nice sewing machine, I bet. So here's yours. Uh, keep making the videos. Your videos made me get my license to get on HF Ham Radio. Well, I mean, Amazing. that's honestly why I do it is to get people to HF. I feel like if I can get you from nothing to HF, that's a that's... That's what I'm aiming for. <laughs> Couldn't do it with his own wife. <laughs> nope. Still trying. She said next year. We don't know. Is that this year? End of 2024? We don't even know. I have my general license now and I'm studying for my extra right now. Between you, Mike K8 or MRD got hey, me into murder. POTA. There you go. That has been my passion lately, which I love too. Thank you all for you do for our hobby. Keep it up. Merry Christmas and 73s from Ahmed. And uh, it is KN6STX. And then everything else is private info and I'll leave it out. But that is a wonderful patch. I will absolutely put that on He's something rock with Velcro. It. it will be rocked and rocked hard. So thank <laughs> you for that. I very much appreciate it. Okay. We got a... Uh, looks like a Josh and family card, I think, 
tis the season. We might see some Christmas, Christmas cards. cards. So we'll we'll check this one out here. These are gonna go on my garland o cards. Merry Christmas, it says. Wishing you every happiness and Christmas. Still loving the shows. Well, That's thank from you. Bill. Thank you. Oh, it's Cycle Camp. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate you, Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Bill. Thanks so much. So nice. So nice. And we got a. This is a for the physical mail depot within the email correspondence tower or whatever it's being called these days. The back on the, <laughs> the, back on the letter here. It's the correspondence compound. <laughs> oh, and this is a proper. Um, he sent me a self-addressed stamped envelope, which is the nice. best way to get a QSL card back for me. This is from WF9N, Whitley, Whit, Whitley County, Illinois, CQ Zone 4, EN71. This is from WF9N, Andrew. And we made a contact on single sideband. Oh, yes. I was chasing. Um, he was with Carlos. Oh, cool. He did a soda activation with Carlos, and I happened to be in the radio, or the radio room, probably preparing for something. And uh, whenever I'm playing on a computer or preparing for a video or making a video, I usually have the radio on, and I, I look for potas. And I heard you guys. They were talking on their 7300 and DX Commander, both Carlos's, Carlos's radio and his antenna. It says, thanks for hunting us. Uh, Park K41D, hearing you come back, made that activation a memorable one. Oh, that's so nice. It says, P.S., thanks for the podcast. I am a huge fan. Also, thanks to everyone who contributes to the podcast and helps to make it such a great community. Aw, yes, super thank nice. you, guys. I will put, see, this is my QSL tip. I take everything, put it back in the envelope. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if it's the one that's still a little bit sticky, you, you close it right back up and then mm -hmm. it goes on so the pile. So you think you've opened it again. No, it, it goes on a very yeah. special pile of all the, um, all the you know, QSL cards I've got to reply to. So that will yeah, migrate over Yeah, thank you so there. much uh, for anybody who's gone to the post office to drop these off. That is a special kind of hell during the holidays. This is pretty cool. You're going to like this one, Leah. So this is from KD9SZQ. This is literally this man's maple syrup rig <gasps> in his backyard, it looks like. I love maple syrup. He's got a shed converting to a, converted to a smokehouse, and there's looks like his maple syrup on the left. Oh, it's maple syrup in Wisconsin? Wisconsin maple syrup. Yeah. Why would it not be? Yeah. That's acceptable. It is. No, the way you said it, you were like, Really? I don't think I've ever had Wisconsin maple syrup. I've had okay. Vermont. Yeah. I think I've had Canadian. Similar. That tastes pretty similar. Thanks for the FT8 QSO. Keep up the great work you do for ham radio. And that's from Tim. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate everybody that sent in something in for the physical mail depot. Why don't we tap more trees? Like, why? <laughs> like for intelligence? Trees here, everything. <laughs> no, for syrup. <laughs> What it, don't tell Noah this. They're going to start tapping trees, putting <laughs> microphones in them. Trees hear everything. And you know what the best thing about a tree is? They say nothing about it. <laughs> trees tell no, tell no secrets. All right. Well, closing up the physical mail depot, one more building before we get to the looming tower in the horizon. It is the voicemail annex. And this is your way. If you don't want to write a letter or email a letter, you can just speak your letter. And you can do that by calling us at 562-334-2389. Fantastic. And I guess we're going to play them right now. And away we go. Hey, Justin. It's Kevin. Hey, K Kevin. Double uh, It's just also been interesting on the 10 uh, near Whitewater. 
uh, or was that Palm Desert area, uh, that bridge, is, there's a bridge failing, totally failing, being eroded away. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's, that's something terrible. you see. Uh, and then was <laughs> I called the ASU because I lost my charger for my F, my wall charger for my FT3, mm-hmm. and they're just going to send one out, no charge. Oh, that's so Whoa. nice. So, Fantastic customer support. They couldn't find a charger, so may just want to give Yesu a call for the parts department. Yeah. Anyways, that's all. Have a good one. Thanks so much, Kevin. I like that. So hold on before you go to the next one. Kevin is simultaneously very Californian, but also that confused me. He was like, on the 10? I'm like, does he mean 10 meters? On the... <laughs> and then he got to it. I was like, oh, he's talking about the 10 near freeway. Near Palm Desert. Got it, near yeah. Palm Desert. Then gave me a great idea. Call up Yesu and say, I lost my FT5DR ham radio. <laughs> Would you mind sending me a replacement? No, don't do that. I don't think their customer service is that good. (laughs) That's pretty cool, though, that they gave you a charger. That's nice. Hey, Josh and Leia. This is Mike, WX0MIK. Hey, Mike. In cold Minnesota. Uh, This morning I woke up. It was uh, 17 degrees. So we went up to do a ham radio event uh, all day. That's hardcore. Mostly outside. Um, We... uh, our city of oh, Arlington, Minnesota, has uh, what they call Arley Dazzle. Uh, they have a 5K in the morning, and then they have a lighted parade at night. Uh, Arley like Dazzle. Or 5.30, I like that. So, yeah, uh, it's another whole level of pre- preparedness when you are planning to be outside in the cold. Uh, That's especially the truth. Especially doing radio stuff, so you still need to be able to use your fingers and all that fun Get stuff. finger gloves. Um, thankfully, it wasn't too bad today. Uh, I've heard it's been much worse before. But uh, just all another dimension into ham radio and things that uh, crazy things those Minnesotans do sometimes. Uh, so I thought I'd give you a call. I don't know. It's not really anything too much topic here. Maybe you can come up with something from there. But uh, seven threes and uh, talk to you guys later. WX0, MIK. Thank you. You just shivered. I have a blanket on. I don't know what degrees it is in here. It's 70 degrees. Oh, it's cold. (laughs) It's not cold at all. He said 17, though. Yeah. You, like, shivered. You physically shivered after listening to that. It's too cold. (laughs) I... Like if you had to How live there, how do you go to work? If you had to, if you live there, right? I would just be like a bear and hibernate. You would not. You would not. If you live there, you'd have to get out and do things because you have to get out and do things. So you would do that. Do you have to though? You'd adapt. You'd do adapt. You, you'd is the whole adapt. state work from home? No, <laughs> not at all. I remember when we went out to Minnesota, and it was uh, October. Yeah, and yeah. there was a ton of construction going on because it's like the that tail end. That's my favorite part about yeah. it. It's one of my favorite little factoids. And then I was like, man, you guys have a lot of construction going on. Like a ridiculous amount of construction. And then our friend who, native Minnesotan, mm-hmm. uh, basically goes, yeah, because we only have one season to build in. It has to all happen during this season. And I'm like, well, then what do people do for work? <laughs> like... <laughs> When the, you just can you just go home and sleep? No, so okay, Leah. Obviously, he meant the major buildup. The interior wiring and all that stuff can happen when it's cold. 
Once you have a structure, yeah, of course I can. <laughs> is it reasonable to expect that, a, an electrician car- to go into a house that doesn't have electricity? You're telling me the, so. There's oh like no goodness. heat, right? Like, you and know when, you know when two people hear the same fact <laughs> and they take very different things away from that fact. I took that. Because what we saw was a lot of cranes and heavy lifters and lots of concrete being poured mm-hmm. and foundations. That's what they could build the superstructure. Yeah. Because the ground freezes. Right. Right. As does everything above the ground. I okay. understand. But they absolutely continue to have construct. Like, what do you think? Construction just shuts down for nine months that's what i think that's what you thought that's what i think that was your takeaway the whole the whole industry screeches to a halt that's better than teachers gigs (laughs) jeez i but i mean the building season probably starts like what in like april is when things thaw no april and then goes into like october november try june We, we were there in october and he said, it's wrapping up. And he said, three months. No. It's solid in April. There's probably frozen lakes in April. Come on in, now. There was snow on the ground when yes. we landed in October. So. What? And you know what, Leah? That might not have been fresh snow. That might not have been No, fresh. it was fresh snow. Was it? Oh, yeah. Okay. You remember we got stuck in Denver because of oh, the storms right, that right, were right, moving yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't. And it was we melted been, while we were there. We have been together for so long. <laughs> and this pass throwaway comment has been stuck <laughs> in our brains for that entire time. And the fact that you've been walking around <laughs> Man, living your life. Got, like such a small building window. Like, living definitely your life. do not invest anything in Minnesota. <laughs> Like that requires real estate. <laughs> just like you've been walking around like a human being does, <laughs> thinking that there's an entire part of the country that can do they can only do any kind of construction in a three month window in summer. Well, is I didn't wild. I didn't think it was three months. I thought it was maybe like five months. Uh, you know what, honey? <laughs> It don't matter. I mean, December, like, that's just a lost month already. Because you got to make all those Minnesotan salads. (laughs) Right? Like, that's that's a done month, I think, in most states, just from the number of holiday commitments people right. have right and, and we definitely see and that then, in california the construction grinds to a halt because all the construction workers are just doing everyday <laughs> white elephants on, on the construction site and they're doing potlucks every day not, not building anything like i mean there's a good two weeks where you're not getting anything done at the end of the year you are <laughs> There is nothing more white collar than what you're saying right now. Like everybody listening to this is either smacking their forehead. <laughs> and if you're driving, I'm sorry. If, you know, be safe out there. So, somebody... Someone tipped over their ride on lawnmower because <laughs> they smacked their head so hard that it flipped the sucker. But not in the snow. Oh, <laughs> you don't no, have no. to mow in the even, snow. Even the people like... in the hot climates just heard you believe that construction only happens in three months out of the year. That's wild. 
I told you I thought it was more like five months. You know, like when we listened to that podcast and it was two dudes talking to two women and they were talking about, (laughs) would you rather fight a lion once a year versus a chicken every time you opened up your car? And you and I looked at each other like, chicken all day, chicken Chicken every day. That's just, you started a new business selling chickens every time somebody wanted a chicken, you'd open the door, here's your chicken. Right, but but the ladies in this podcast were like, no, lion. It's like chicken pipeline. what are you talking about, lion? Like, well, you know, maybe I could reason with it, I get to know it. (laughs) It's a lion. And you, you and I just... Do you speak lion? Like, we're just dying on, on total... Like, we could not have been more simpatico on a thought, right? We're just instantly chicken. Chicken, no question, chicken. Everyday chicken. Even if I don't have enough time to... Chicken, so lucrative. <laughs> just, I got a magical car that when I open the door, a chicken flies at me. That's chicken. close to being a golden goose. Like, literally, I can retire now. Yeah. Like, then they didn't stipulate it. Like, every time I open the door... Yeah. A chicken comes out, so yeah. I just personally need to open the door as many times yeah. as I can. Chicken, 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 chicken. chicken, it's, chicken. Just, yeah. it's Prince Money. I shut down Zachy Farms and Tyson in one go. Well, I mean, there'd be a limit to how many times you could open the door in a 24-hour period. I mean, would there? Who knows? Let's find it. Your arm, your arm is going to get tired. You know, I'll tell you, we'd find it. We'd find... <laughs> If we had to automate it to a button, maybe I just need to click a button. <laughs> maybe you just need to make the program that uh, opens the door and closes it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> you technically. Oh, I just, I coded yeah, yes, the software you... <laughs> and the robots. And is it every door? Like, could you open all four all doors four at doors. once? Four chickens. And four chickens. <laughs> Does the trunk count? There's a chick in the glove box. <laughs> Don't forget the, don't forget the eggs. The the one under the hood comes out cooked. It's right, rotisserie. it's a rotisserie. <laughs> That's right. Take that, Costco. But but like this is this is our lion chicken moment. Like you with the with the construction. <laughs> Only three months. All no, of I thought it was five months. Even that is ludicrous. Like you can do, a, you can do interior work under a heavy driven snow, but you've got to haul the stuff into the house, and that's what they do. They absolutely through the do snow. That. Yes, of course. <laughs> I'm like peeking they my can- mic up. It's so crazy right now. Well, Mike has a follow up voicemail. Hey, Josh and Leah, this is Mike, the VX Hero, Mike K. Um, some observations <laughs> from our my last event that I was working on, some of the things we were talking about after the, uh, in, the debrief, in the debriefing. Um, and I, this is not the opportunity I'm going to, like, dump on everyone's favorite radio Your or radio whatever. Sucks. But this is just <laughs> a, a broad classification. So this is, take this um, as information but not necessarily as hey you guys dump or replace your radio josh probably might know where i'm going with this um but with our uh events you know we have usually teams of people uh at an intersection or whatever and some of the uh hams have complained that they're not hearing the repeater sometimes um what we believe is happening is their partner's transmitting and it's overloading the radio. 
so they cannot hear the repeater uh, repeat back, and it's causing some frustration. Of course, then on the flip side, you have, you know, it's next to your body usually, especially when it's cold outside, and if you could be potentially blocking said repeater um, from the radio and (coughs) receiving much poorer signal. Uh, so there's a few different little uh, nuances with that, but ultimately what we narrowed down to is these, I'll call them the cheaper Chinese radios, just to keep it really broad. <laughs> of course, the bull thing is included Thank in that. Thank you. Go ahead. Yeah. And with some of that experience I had, no, I'm not using one, one of those, but with some of the experiences I've heard of, uh, especially this last event, I am more cautious to suggest people getting one of those sure. uh, radios because if they're doing a public service event, they probably might have problems. Um, if you're just using it for having fun, hey, awesome, great. We don't have that issue with the Asus or the Icoms or anything like that. It's primarily associated with those cheaper radios. Yeah. Now, I don't know where the line in the sand is. Um, and Josh can probably talk more intelligently on some of this stuff, but um, it's just an observation I want to share, and that will kind of mold how I recommend things in the future, too. But, uh, yeah, otherwise it was a fun event that we had. Uh, really not too bad for temperature, upper or mid-30s maybe was the high. Um, so, uh, 7.3, both of you. Um, I can maybe elaborate more later if you need it, but uh, no, I get WX0 in my case. Yeah. Well, so thanks, Mike. Mike, great, great email. In fact, I, I made a voicemail. Uh, sorry, geez. Uh, <laughs> I, I made a, a note in my ever-growing list of show ideas or video ideas. Uh, this is a really good idea is to just take all my radios and figure out which one's desense. That's what it's called. It's called desensing. Okay. It's where there's a strong adjacent frequency that causes the radio to go into like blackout receive mode. It oh. Just, it, it deafens it. It can't hear. It can't do anything. Like it's just it's done. Cheaper mm. radios have this problem. We would never expect this from a Yesu, Icom, Kenwood, right? Any of those brands. Even some of the, the higher quality Japanese radios, like I would not expect Wushan to have a problem with this. But, you know, this is a great this is a great idea is to just line up all my radios and see if I can desense them. That'd be cool. So, Mike, just so I'm clear, Arla Dazzle is a race that is scheduled in freezing temperatures for people to degrees, run yeah. outside is not freezing water doesn't freeze at 30 degrees oh no i guess it doesn't <laughs> like by definition it, that is freezing it depends on which uh which scale you're using so yes i guess so yeah <clears throat> i just need a little bit of clarification on that <laughs> you know yeah you're it was a real tough morning for you when you had to do the turkey trot on Thanksgiving, yeah, you were like, "It's so cold," and it's by the beach too. Oh, that's just, oh. you know, the wind. There's a wind chill. No, the wind. It's chilly. <laughs> it's chilly. Fine. Hi, Josh and Leah. It's Matt T Seven. Hey, Matt. And uh, you guys have made comments today on on the podcast, and somebody else uh, wrote in about it. Um, you guys, when you do the, the CW segment, yes, and Josh is getting all flustered uh, because Leia is having trouble getting the key working, you guys at the, that moment are the couple at the boat dock. 
at the boat at the boat land. <laughs> what is that? Leia is the wife that has never driven a trailer before, driven with a trailer, and she's totally. trying desperately to back it down. And Josh is the guy in the in boat, the boat freaking out. <laughs> Just wanted to put that image in your head. That is I'm so good. Be either leaving another voicemail or an email or both uh, later on. Seven three K seven Y E G. That's all right. Very Thank funny. you, Matt. Very good. Yep. I don't know why the wife who's never done it before, when the perfectly good husband who has done it multiple times, mm-hmm. is trying to make the wife do it. Well, do you want to be the person in the boat? What? He's talking about like launching and landing a boat. Yeah. So in these in these situations, which there's many of these on the internet you have to back the boat into the water mm-hmm. enough so that it could hypothetically float right yeah then you have to disconnect it from the trailer and and let it out mm-hmm. right well once you let it out someone has to drive it drive it boat steer it, it. boat it over to the the landing the, the the dock or whatever okay do you want to do that yeah, sure. Drive yeah. it to the dock and, and moor it and be able yeah. to handle all that? Well, no, you'd park the car. <laughs> oh, you're going to idle it for me, and then I'm going to swim out to you. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I could get it to the dock. I don't doubt that you could get it to the dock. <laughs> There's a question of how fast and at what accuracy. It'll be fine. I'm... Sure. All right. Might take a couple of, like, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. Actually, now I don't. It might take a couple of, you know, what does that mean? I've got to try to... A couple of oops-a-daisies? Captain the boat a couple boat of R&Rs? times, like, out in the water. You're going you're gonna to give it a couple of R&Rs? <laughs> and then and maybe try to park next to a buoy a couple times, see if I can get that solid... You're going to go out <laughs> to a buoy? Yeah. And to then... practice parallel boating? <laughs> yeah. We just don't, we're just, you're just gone. <laughs> so I come back, you're gone, the boat's gone. Nobody knows what's happening. <laughs> just. Hello. That's why you're in the truck. Hello, one mic alpha Zulu. Hey, Nathan. Zulu. Oh, he's got a jingle. Your weekly, I don't know. Person that bugs you? I don't know. Um, (laughs) Weekly uh, correspondent. um, Last Saturday, I took part in my first V session with the HRCC. Nice! Um, And I was with Carlos and Ham Radio Pen Pal Paul. Wow, Wow. all-star VE uh, team. tested two people, and it went went over well. Um, I made mistakes as, as, as you do on your first of things. But um, Carlos explained it all out. Did he explain it in a loud know, voice? Or Nathan's like taking the test. Um, and then we, they, were, they were just hanging out. He's they awful. cleared through. I know, right? um, uh, it was supposed to be like eight. He's like singing the Jeopardy and theme song. The um, and like, but we didn't get them all there. Um, and so we're just hanging out. People are talking, 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 talking. About it. And I'm watching the Discord. And, and I see that uh, someone's kind of like, uh, finding somebody else that wanted to test. So we had been talking for, I don't know, people have been talking. I was listening. I'm a listener. Um, <laughs> okay. 
At least I'm, I'm with her then. Um, <laughs> so we found somebody else, and um, there was still enough of us on there. So we tested somebody else as it was later in the night, and we got it done. So Good job, guys. Three um, candidates passing. Yay! I everyone passed on that Saturday. It was during the live stream. Um, so I have no idea what happened during the live stream, Josh. And, um, yeah, so this is Kilo and Mike Afazulu. Maybe I'll call again. And Nathan does. Cool. And I'm going to play that. Hello, hello again. It is Kilo and Mike Afazulu. And um, since I started a new precedent of uh, uh, reminding Leia about how long she's truly been studying for general. Oh, and how long she has left. Uh, I'll make it like a, a big number for you, so it's easy for you. You don't feel so bad. 186 weeks. You have 186 weeks left until that's, the, oh, that's a lot of weeks. Um, general class. <laughs> no, it's not. Pull yet again resets two that's different questions. Um, oh, I think said days, weeks. I that's a long back. time. You've been, um, by the time you're listening to this, if, if you're recording on a Thursday, you've been a, a ham radio operator for around 142 weeks. Wow. Since uh, March 2021. Look at that. And so I figured I'd do a new calculation of if you averaged out maybe um, six or seven minutes uh, per week, you usually do it on the podcast and to the extent that you've actually studied. Um, if you did that, you have, uh, it's been about 16 and a half hours you've spent. Wow, thanks for, for doing that math for me. Um, Feels like 16 and a half isn't what? enough. What's up, Elman again? <laughs> oh, this is Kilo on Mike Alfazulu saying 73. 73. Right. Thanks, uh, thanks, Nathan. Thank you for the metrics. You know, if there's yeah. one thing Data and I, or Data, there's one thing Data and I like, it's Leia. There's <laughs> one thing Leia and I like, it's Data. <laughs> data loves you. Both the Android variety and yes. general yeah. innovation. Loves it. And while we're talking about oh my goodness. <laughs> um, oh, yes, this is Kilo and Mike Alvazulu. I'll be quick. Um, I just uh, saw that today the... Um. Yeah, the people, the people that put out the question pool, <laughs> whatever they're called, yeah, the VC collection committee, whatever. Um, they have uh, published the question pool for extra that mm -hmm. goes into effect July first, twenty twenty four. So, um, just as this past year, um, people were having to. I don't know. Some people were trying to finish for extra. I mean, for um, general. Um, next year, have a similar thing. So um, I know this year they uh, we had the extra by April. How about we just uh, if people want to be extra, do it before the question pool ends. So you got extra by June thirtieth. So that's all I'm saying. This is Kilo and Mike Alvazulu. Um, we'll test you with the HRCC VE team because we're always there. <laughs> Jeez. I don't know if that was a quote. That, that's not their slogan. It's the... <laughs> always there. 
Just sitting on Zooms, just... waiting. <laughs> Whether you're ready to test or not, we're always there. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan, for uh, that added pressure. Let, let me ask you a question. Yeah. If um, I have thought about this, getting my V accreditation, I'm probably going to get it just to, to get it so that I have mm-hmm. it. Get it. But do you think that, like, I, I, I hope this is, like, this this seems like hubris, me asking this. But, like, if somebody hopped in to take their test and I was sitting there, uh-huh. Do, you th- do you think that might make some people nervous? I don't think so. You don't think so? No. Okay, then I'll do it. I think they'd be really, they'd be really happy to see you. I mean, I hope so. I mean, that would be my my hope. But I'd be worried that people would be like, I, I, I don't really was just watching his videos. I in don't the want this. Lot. I don't want this session. <laughs> Can I reset? Before I went. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> and then, then they won't say why. They're just like, uh, I gotta I gotta poop bad. <laughs> Sir, you're already in the bathroom. No, I think that I think that people would be happy. And then but if they didn't pass Oh my goodness. See, that's what like then So like okay, let me okay. What I'm is the, the I'm rate a bad of example. failure? What I'm is, a bad example. I'm a bad example. If Gordon West was sitting in the VE session. When you were taking your test and Gordon West was sitting there? I would dip. Right? Okay. That's... <laughs> oh, oh, you're breaking up. Oh, you're breaking up. Uh, oh, bad connection. Can I reschedule? <laughs> I don't know why I made a squishy sound. <laughs> it's the sound of all bad connections. That's what she did to you <laughs> before clicking and call. <laughs> that was it. That was the noise. <laughs> the universal sound a, of bad connection. Squishy connection. Wow. <laughs> I think she slot. She Nickelodeon slimed her router. <laughs> so yeah, if Gordo showed up in a VE exam. Like no, I think I'd be so honored, and then like, I mean, the pressure would be on to pass. And then I can be like the person who taught me how to pass the test. <laughs> but then, like now, now you if you failed, yeah, then Gordo would be like, "I've failed you." <laughs> that's yo, that's true. <laughs> I failed you. <laughs> He'd be like, "I'm so sorry, I'm <laughs> Gordo. So, I am so mean. <laughs> I am mean, Gordo. <laughs> I'm just dumb. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> I really." I, I skipped some chapters going to I'm gonna be honest. It turns into a confessional. I, I've never seen this test before in my life. I don't even own a radio, Gordo. I'm so sorry. Do you I've know, sinned against you? Do you know the number of people that I've I've talked to in the past year? Who, um, if they know who you are, uh-huh. like in the sphere of ham radio, one of the first things they say is like, yeah, I really need to go take my test. And I'm like, I, I didn't tell you that you had Like, it's fine. It's <laughs> like, good. I, I don't care. <laughs> tell Josh I'm going to take it, okay? <laughs> I think that's what they want me to do. <laughs> It was so funny because um, I order from a local decal shop. You know, I, I really believe in getting them decals, trying to uh, get things made in America. Mm-hmm. And so the guy looked at the stickers when he handed them to me. Mm-hmm. Right. And he was like, 
oh, ham radio and coffee. <laughs> like I'm like, you got it. I'm glad that the I'm glad that the design communicates. And then he's like, Yeah. I've been meaning to get licensed. <laughs> Good. And then I'm like, oh yeah, you should. And then he just launches into his use case. I'm like, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> that's you definitely that'd be very useful for you. <laughs> just think, Leia, when you're like, I want to marry this guy. <laughs> That years later, these would be the conversations you'd be having to you beat my wife. And then he's like, I really go, I go off-roading a lot, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, yeah, then definitely ham radio is going to work for you. Right. <laughs> like-, <laughs> like you're now doing the, the, the elevator speech? <laughs> he was already sold. Right. I think he just wanted to tell me. And then I was like, what kind of radios are you using right now? He's like, Baofengs. <laughs> and I'm like, then you should definitely get licensed. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I didn't know this story. Yeah. This is great. All right. That was the last voice. Oh, that was the last. Oh, you didn't say that. Oh, it was Nate and three. Okay, sorry. Yes, very good. That means we're closing up the voicemail annex, heading to the looming tower in the background. Again, you can email us at leah at hamtactical.com. We love your emails about telling us, sharing your story in ham radio. If you have a question, of course, email us. We'll try and do our best to help you. Um, And if you have a merch idea, we have a website called hamtactical.com where you can go get some delicious merch that Leia has made from, uh, to some degree, your designs that have then been turned into merch. And if you send us a good idea and we make it, we'll send you one for free. So I'm Leia so excited Ham, for people to see. Those stickers are awesome. Yeah. So cool. So it's like you, because you, you didn't put out a lot of stuff in 2023. I didn't. But it's like you've been saving all, all that create those creative juices. Yes. And you just funneled it into this whole thing. And they're just... <laughs> Some of them are hilarious. Some are just really, really fun. It, it's <laughs> going to be awesome. And, well, no, we can't. We won't say anything. We're not going to say anything yet. Don't worry. It was supposed we'll to launch info. this week, but I got the decals late. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. We'll we'll get it. We'll get it out there. You may not get it before Christmas, but that's okay. It's all right. I mean, it's it's a it's a coffee of the month. Yeah. It doesn't start in December. Yeah. It starts in January. That's how it works. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, how I think it works, but I don't know how it's supposed to work. I don't know. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm glad, we're, I'm glad we got, we, we know all the details. Leah, one of us has to know all the details. Oh. <laughs> ruh, ruh. I'm just kidding. R&R. <laughs> R&R. <laughs> all right. Well, the first email is titled AI HRCC Calendar. Oh. And this comes from Andy. Hello, Leah and Josh. Per your previous podcast, my son and I were playing around making AI images. When he asked me for a prompt, I jokingly said, Jesus Christ doing ham radio. The results were pretty great. I especially like how JC is keeping it real, decorating his cabin on high with the crucifix of himself visible on the wall behind him. And now I must show Josh. Wow. That's pretty majestic. 
Yeah, and I will. That draw... AI picture is pretty insane. That's pretty nuts. Images get posted to the HRCC podcast channel, which is on our Discord. Links are in the description. That's a that's a pretty impressive picture for AI. That's I, I think that's great. Yeah, and I think that Jesus Christ would have been a ham. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's... And that's seventy three from Andy. Thank you so much. Uh, I really want everybody to see this picture. It's, it's pretty good. All the details. Do you know how upset artists are, though? So upset. Because it really is scraping art styles yeah. from, like, which is very signature to the artist, right? Like, sure. an artist comes out with a specific style unique to them, and right. then they may end up with human copycats. Like, yeah, which is also a problem. That's a real problem. Sure. But then it takes those copycats time mm -hmm. to learn. And theoretically, by then, the artist has already garnered a large enough notoriety based off of their popular style that people know it's a ripoff. Right. Right? 100%. And then it may not be worth it to the copycat mm -hmm. to continue to do that. But if AI can just rip it immediately and generate images in right. like less than a minute that's insane yeah yeah it's horrible you create a more prolific uh what is it a portfolio of work than oh yeah like yeah. instantly very problematic very frustrating the next email is titled scouts training and a question about aprs mobile okay and this comes from morris hi leah and josh this is morris AG5KI. So I have listened to the last few podcasts and had to comment. Well, thanks. Okay. Leia, by all that is holy, please go and take Baloo training. <laughs> Basic adult leader outdoor orientation or Baloo training is great for helping you better understand what the program is all about and how to start teaching the kids how to be leaders. After that, take the outdoor slash camping training after hearing your discussion with josh on how limited your orienteering skills are please go it will do you a world of good see if i go to baloo training that undermines the fundamental basis by which i have structured our involvement in scouts the boys get full benefits mm -hmm. from the fact that josh many cases has to step in <laughs> Because I am out of my depth. So you are getting two adults, one being like a den mom, mm -hmm. in addition to an actual experienced scout, for the price of one. That's me signing both of us up. <laughs> uh, okay. But because of our time constraints, yeah. we really are only half people each. <laughs> At any one moment. <laughs> I'm always half the man I used to be. <laughs> so if I go to Baloo training and this outdoor camping training, then Josh mm -hmm. will be like, well, you know how to do it all now. I, You're a strong, independent woman uh, that can I, build your shelf. I am going to do a pona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I will see you after the adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. Turning my phone off, bye. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, I, it's just a time constraint. I would go to Baloo training. Um, it's 
it's always conflicting with Chinese school. Right. That's so prior commitments, unfortunately. But I mean, our den leader is really fantastic. He just got his wood badge. Oh, I think. Oh, good. Like he, it was one of those beads. I don't know how many beads. Two starts with two. He, I think he already had two. Oh, he got two more. Oh, yeah, because he went to the, he did the first round. Yes. So he's done the second thing. He got his second one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Second set. So, pretty exciting for him and us. Yeah. He is really deep into this. He's got two kids mm-hmm. into scouting. It's fantastic. Indeed. All right, the the email continues. When your kids get older and go on to scouts from Cub Scouts, the program changes and focuses more on leadership development through a kid-led troop. Adults are supposed to facilitate what the kids want to do. You get a better idea of how that's supposed to work when you take the wood badge. It is advanced adult leader training with a focus on showing how a troop is supposed to run and giving you lots of hands-on experience and resources, including networking with other leaders and professional scouters, so you can make the program better. No, my plan is just to follow Darren wherever he goes. (laughs) That's the the solution. That's it. I think Darren was like, oh, we're going to go look at all of the different troops for when the boys bridge so everybody can decide on which troop. I was like, what what troop is your oldest child in? That's the one we're going to. Because <laughs> they're already troop committed. Right. It's so. like, let's just have Darren tour colleges for us. Yeah. <laughs> Darren, we trust you. And uh, and one of the point of pride for the kids right now, mm-hmm. in our den anyway, there's at least four or five of them that have been together since they were lions. Mm-hmm. And so at every meeting, they will say something to the effect of, we've been together since we were lions. <laughs> like, Real street cred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which... I've I've kind of told Ben to like not bring that up. Like they can say it amongst themselves. Yeah. But like don't make the other kids feel bad right. because their parents weren't on board in kindergarten. He's literally doing like, the like I got tested for amateur radio at the FCC <laughs> office back in the 70s, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I get it because it's super cute watching them go from like Lion all the way to Weebelow 2 into, you know. Scouts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they'll go eagle. Let's. Mm. I, I, I ran the calculation, and I don't think, based off of what the time commitment estimates are, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't think Ben could actually get his eagle until he's like a freshman. Oh, I was well into scouts still when I was a freshman. That's. Yeah. It's insane to to knock out Eagle before you hit freshman. There's plenty of people who have done it, but it's pretty rare. Uh, With a leader like Darren, though. Mm, Okay. The problem is Edison's den. Yeah. Yeah. It has... I almost want to jump ship over because they split the den in half. Mm -hmm. And the den that we stayed with were all of the original scouts that were together as lions right and almost all the new kids are in the except and i would want to stick with that except the den leader for the new den 
was an Eagle Scout. <laughs> ah, yes. 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 And I'm actually much closer to a couple of the moms. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. But uh, I don't know that Edison necessarily is closer to those scouts. So right. it's a real conflict between what I want. I mean, maybe you should just leave the den. That's <laughs> den five. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm not. I'll sign you up at the next I'm not. Meeting. I'm not doing, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I told you I'm not doing it. We already talked about this. You know why. I'm not That's doing true. it. I'm just not doing it. Until somebody messes it up real bad. I watched them mess it up. It's like a like me watching a perpetual train wreck every time I'm walking around. It's like an episode of Benny Hill where they're, where they're running on and off stage. <laughs> no, it's it's... It is literally, and I think it's, well, aside from my major, my major, major hangups, um, I don't have the time. I don't think I get the kids. Like, I, I don't, I don't get the discipline structure of children anymore. Like, I don't get it. I barely have a handle on our children. That's true. And like, <laughs> I look at, I look at how, when we were in scouts, like when we had our scout meetings, like the, the all together ones, yeah. the, the den meetings. Uh, or is it pack meeting? The large ones, pack meetings. Pack meetings. Uh, I don't remember outbursts. I don't remember just a cacophony of noise at all times. Mm. It was silence. Mm-hmm. And the parents. From fear? Or... Yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I certainly didn't get in the car and get like beat. I never got hit for because outbursts or whatever. And they happened. But I was yeah. always corrected by somebody. Always. And it's just nobody cares anymore. Like nobody cares. I think it's a fear of disciplining other people's children. Honestly, I will literally. I so many times during this. That's morning, one I'll of see the, somebody. That's do one of the reasons. And I'll just be like, cut that out right now. That's one of the reasons I really like Ben's den. It's because, well, I mean, all of the parents have known each other for so long, and so we don't have an issue calling out each other's kids for bad behavior. I don't have a problem calling out random kids. You don't, but this is something that like people, some people get really heated. Fine. If, if like you discipline their kids. Good. You know? Yeah. I Don't, I don't talk to my special snowflake like that. I'm, I feel like that's a meme. It's a meme more than anything. Like I think. It's not. No, it, it is. No, the fear is real because of the meme. Not because of the real reactions. That's rare. I've had a parent confront me before. I've never had a parent confront me. Because maybe because you're a man. I don't know. Well, there you go. Me walking around with my child, random child disciplining privilege. <laughs> right next to my white privilege card. No, I think also the children that you're exposed to are a very select group of children versus a wide group of children. I've literally at these at the big meetings just pointed to a kid I don't know and like knock it off. Yeah, and did the kid knock it off? Well, he looked at me like he doesn't know who I am, and uh -huh. that's probably scared him. And then he stopped. Nice. So we're just gonna have you go around the meeting doing that. Knock it off. Knock it off. Knock it off. <laughs> no, but it's like I, I don't know. You can't like it's it's like if you if you wanted to teach like if I wanted to teach ham radio yes to children yes what I could accomplish regardless of their mental faculties yeah. is limited just mm -hmm. from how much attention I can garner. Right. And frankly, I am not patient enough to deal with That's that. That's why you're not a teacher. 
Oh, a hundred percent. I I don't even lie. I'd, I'd be out first day. I was like, well, you strangled a kid. <laughs> so, and, and I, I, I'm, I'm not saying I resort to violence, but at the same time, I don't think I could handle it. I have a hard enough time with engineers, like people that <laughs> adults that have professional degrees that I look at. And went, what through what went through your head when, when, <laughs> when you thought this was the way? Like this was this was the move. Did you walk me through your thought process a little bit here? Like it literally happened today, right? I was I was yeah. talking to one of my managers, going like, "Bro, like." You gotta <laughs> like take yourself outside of yourself, and you're watching someone else do what you're doing right now. Does it make sense? But I think you know what? Maybe that's what it is. How much? I don't know. Do you think like when you do like when you're about to do something? Do you mm-hmm. sometimes think what other people will think if you did that thing? No, I think about how this will impact my future self. And that that's a similar way of thinking of approaching the same thing. Yeah. I feel like kids, and it didn't start with our children, they've been building on that. And that might be, oh, now, see, I'm, now I'm getting real boomerish with my comments, but you, you talk about the participation trophies and all the bump, bump, bump of self-esteem. Uh-huh. There's a, an abundance of self-esteem. They feel so good about themselves. We got to make them feel bad about themselves. <laughs> we got to bring that back. Think it made some real grounded kids that considered all the things before they did a thing. I don't know. Am I wrong? I'm totally. I'm probably totally wrong, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know that shame. Well, I'm not saying shame. Actually, I do think people need more shame. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, but I, I, I think that the reason that I wouldn't say that is because of Karens. Right, because you they have taken it. They have taken it too far in in the in the shame hierarchy. (laughs) What's that like? You, 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 the superhero line. You, you fight so hard (laughs) to stop evil, and you look in the mirror one day, and you become everything that you fought against. You know what I mean? Like, because you become so grizzled and beaten down by the just ridiculousness that is i think for karen's it's a lack of self-awareness well that's yeah. i mean yeah oh speaking of karen self-awareness might be the big thing it turns oh my god oh there's so oh it turns out that uh the, this is the big where update. i where i left off was that there was a cease and desist letter sent to uh a karen in my neighborhood who had spread misinformation we about talked me, about we talked about this. which by the way Hot has update. set off the most annoying insistence from multiple people about me running for council like oh now people are like the rumor of it now they're bugging you to run that's hilarious and i will never yeah, yeah that's yeah. and it's like and I but actually, now I, I don't but know. now like they think weak into the uh... but now they think i'm joking when i say i will never and i'm like i don't know why you're laughing my joke to you (laughs) my clown am i here to make you laugh i'm dead serious this is not happening and then i have to put on a stern face and now i seem like i'm mean (laughs) right or you're just really committed to the joke and they laugh harder (laughs) no anyways the uh the misinformation spreading karen Mm -hmm. in response to the email from the attorney then emailed back the attorney telling him to stop harassing her that is a single communication peak (laughs) just peak audacity and then um so my friend was like well i was gonna email her back 
in response, but then I didn't want her to think I was further harassing her, you know? So that's where I was left. I Oops. don't know, man. Uh, and I, I thought it was like for a while there, I hadn't heard back anything else. And I was like, oh, maybe, maybe that's the end of it. Maybe she has tucked her tail in shame. I thought because she deleted posts and there was a whole. Yes. And then yeah. it was, nope. You're, har- you're harassed. Yep. <laughs> and I was talking to my friend who knows this Karen's son, uh, telling her the whole story because uh, when we catch up, that's, you know, we just gossip about city stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, she goes, Oh, yeah, I, I know her son. Um, and it's so weird because he's so chill. He's such a relaxed guy in comparison to her. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I almost messaged him and was like, come and get your mom. <laughs> She's like... <laughs> Dude, I don't know, man. So, yeah, that's where it left off. Haven't heard anything else. Everything's been super quiet. The original Karen has figured out what car we drive. So now she keeps waving us all down. The OG Karen. Yeah, the original Karen. Who... <laughs> So she tried to wave you down. And I thought that was not real. Like, I didn't know what she was doing. Yeah. But then I drove by. Mm -hmm. And because her her house is unfortunately like right on the corner of this street that we It is on one of the convenient paths that we must take in certain cases. And then so she tried to wave me down. And I was like, you got to be crazy. Like, you could like. You are. If it was. No, you got to be you. You think that I'm going to pull over right now. (laughs) And I know what it's about. She was literally removed from multiple Cerritos Facebook groups as well. Mm-hmm. And so I think she's trying to wave me down because she wants to give me a piece of her mind. What's left of it anyway. It's <laughs> like, you should keep those pieces. You yeah, need them. There's not much left. Right. <laughs> like... All right. Sorry about that, Morris. Uh. To, to continue. Just a little trivia, Baden-Powell made Wood Badge to make the program more uniform and show the adults how it actually worked. The Wood Badge came from a bead necklace from a Zulu chief. Baden- and to deal with all those African trophies that he got. Baden-Powell was in Africa for the Zulu Wars. Uh, literally, they were trophies from a war he participated in. Yeah. <laughs> So when you complete the training, you work your quote unquote ticket, the how am I going to implement what I learned in your troop, and you earn the two bead necklaces. When you work on a wood badge course as a trainer, you earn your third bead. When you become a wood badge course director, you get your fourth bead. Also, Baden-Powell and Rudyard, Rudyard Kipling were friends. Baden-Powell asked Kipling if he could base the club ranks on the Jungle Book. That's why there are wolves, bears, and tigers. Oh, my. It was lions instead of weebelos. My BSA knowledge and trivia is very broad and deep. Very much so. That's I love impre- the history. Thank you. Awesome. I am going to go back and tell everybody at our pack this. Well, did you know? Yeah. Um, I actually. Can't, I can't wait to tell oh, yeah. Darren something huge. he doesn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's going he's to is... blow, blow his mind. This is like exactly the type of thing that he's all about. I, I'm sure everybody knows this about me by now, but I actually do really love knowing things that other people don't. <laughs> <laughs> to then share it so that they also know it. 
In in a nice way, yeah, not yeah, like yeah. a me. Not in a yeah, exactly. We're joking. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I cannot wait to tell him. Yeah, he's gonna love this. Yeah. Anyway, I have been involved in scouts in one way or another from the mid seventies until a few years ago when my boys decided they were more interested in competitive swimming than scouts. Oh. I, Having done leader training from the late 90s until the early 2010s, I can't recommend leader training enough, especially wood badge when your kids are in scouts. You two would be the parents I would all but beg to be in the program and get trained. Oh, that's really nice. Well, now you've got me thinking about it. Yeah. Leia, you'd be great at it. That's it. But then that just lets think of how you many off skills, the hook. How, think of how many <laughs> skills you'd learn. Orienteering skills, camping skills. I have great camping skills. You have I'm a very really specific good. set of camping skills. I'm really great skills. at camping. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very specific parts of it. I can You're, light fires and stuff. Like you, you've min-maxed a very specific uh, prestige path in camping. You're like if if there was a if we had to go back to the the Wild West days, you'd have a chuck wagon, and they'd call you Cookie. I take that as a great compliment. I know, yeah, I know, I know, because that's what you do. You do right. that. <laughs> Enough PSA talk onto Ham Radio. I finally checked into the HF net last night. I have Discord working and was able to find the net. Next is to find my hotspot back online to check in on the digital net with my FT2DR once I remember this? how to get on digital mode. Oh, I have to remember this is an email. So this was last Friday that he emailed. Excellent. Yes. Congratulations. Yeah. Hey, you're probably better progress, off than I progress. am. You're probably better off than I am. Right now, like I have uh, I've found a many a noise problem on 40 meters. 40 meters is still my problem band. But uh, now that everybody's got their Christmas lights up, the noise floors back up through the roof because of all the damn LED. Is it the LED lights or is it our menagerie I of animals? assume that that could be a factor. I'm just oh, guessing. an update on my menagerie. I found the crab. You have the crab, the Christmas crab. It is a much larger crab than I expected. <laughs> I, I, I drove past it and I didn't stop to like look at it and get out and like go to where it's at. Uh -huh. What is the Christmas on it? Oh, it's holding a thing of holly. <laughs> That's it? Yes. Like, they didn't put a hat on him or anything? No, like, the Highland cow doesn't have anything that, that would denote Christmas. It's wearing a scarf. <laughs> like... They're barely <laughs> They're passing. Barely right. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so bad. So now I have to come up. I also picked up a penguin. So, and I and I understand that, like... Okay, penguins sometimes associated with Christmas, but this is no, never. Yeah, no, never. Yes, penguins, penguins are often. Penguins should never be associated with Christmas. Penguins are from the deep south. They're like from Antarctica. Louisiana or like the, the deepest south, Antarctica, <laughs> the furthest south that one could go. <laughs> More southern than Florida, even. I mean. Is it like like a Galapagos penguin? I kind of wanted it to be an emperor penguin. I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb and say that even the Galapagos is <laughs> way more south than Santa. Well, Santa goes all over the world. so Much like the contractors in Minnesota, <laughs> he only goes south in a very 
close short period of time. <laughs> He's only working <laughs> outside of his win his window is a very specific time frame. Much like the contractors in Minnesota. What do you think Santa does in his off time? Like, because he has what is essentially like 24 hours to get around the world, right? Mm -hmm. And he's got to make all those toys, mm -hmm. right? So do you think he spends all year making those toys? Is that the premise? So that was always... Or does I he mean, go you, on like a really long you, vacation? You <laughs> I think you, you handed this to me a couple of nights ago before going to sleep. You're like, what is, like, barely awake, you lean over to me, as, as many a spouse does, and ask a completely nonsensical question. Like, what does Santa do on all the other days that isn't Christmas? And so once upon a time... There's, know, a, there's definitely a management of his slave well, elf labor. No, 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 no. no. See, that, that's the interesting thing. So um, things changed, right, at some point. The depictions of Santa back in the day were always depictions of an elf workshop building like wooden toys and yeah, things. yeah. Elves don't know um, surface mount soldering, so <laughs> they're not. How do you know? They're not building iPads. How do you know? I do know because we got this thing called China, and that's where oh all the God. electronics come. from. Do you from. realize that if Santa is making all these toys, he's just the biggest counterfeiter of all time oh right because <laughs> he's violating trademarks everywhere but like at some point everything converted over to just strictly electronics and things that like have electronics in them for toys mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like molded plastics and all this stuff and that was one of the things when i was a kid because my mom is like staunchly Santa's real. Yeah. You better check yourself before she yeah. wreck yourself. My, like, our attitude towards Santa is much to her dismay. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. not enthused. Um, But at some point when I was, like, a kid, I'm like, you're telling me Santa's making Nintendo games? <laughs> like, how's that work? Like, how does any of this work? How did work? he get the licensing? Like, what? He's got to deal with Nintendo? Like and, what? and, like, the other is thing he is... Just, is he just distribution then? Okay. I'm, I'm down for that. You know, He's, like, more efficient than Amazon in terms of he, distribution. He literally logistics. has faster than light travel. Yeah. He has to, to go from house to house. Like, the, the, the math on that is just ridiculous. There's... Have you heard Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about his theory about how we're in a simulation? Oh, that's the the brain in the jar like Prove you're not a brain in a vat you can't it's the mind body problem you can't anyway yeah yes of course i've heard it that's the ultimate like ultimate so here's the other thing though there are a lot of kids who get live animals for christmas <laughs> like, they get a women horse that get lexuses and they get and they get dogs or cats or hamsters or guinea pigs oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like so he's just like breeding these things in the north pole in right, some in temperature controlled like building but we we know from like oh there could be kids listening to this oh no <laughs> r and r, oh, no. r. <laughs> R and R. So it, it was at this moment in the podcast, mark it in your uh, in your time slots, uh, that we realized we now have to put a marker in the front of the show that alludes to the fact that if you have children with certain beliefs of the holidays, that the email correspondence tower might be when we when we get specifically to the emails, we want to cut it off. So anyway, look forward to that to the uh, the opening of the the show. So okay, Leah, continue. All right. 
So two questions from Morris uh, on how to spend my money. First question, what is an inexpensive hackable mask to use on my NFED half-wave antenna? I have one and need to get it tuned so I don't have to use a tuner, which is the current setup, but would also like to do that with a portable mast. Oh, no, Morris, no budget. Second, I want to get a mobile radio. Wait, wait, to... wait, wait. Okay, hold on, hold on. You want to do the first question? What's a hackable mast? I don't, I don't know. That's, that's what I would ask you. What is okay. a hackable Let me do the first thing. Okay. Let me spend your money. Okay, now I need you to go back over that part again because I don't think I got the point. What is an inexpensive, an inexpensive hackable mast to use with my end-fed half-wave antenna? Hackable? What does that mean? I have one and need it need to get it tuned so I don't have to use a tuner, which is my current setup, but would like to do that with a portable mast. Wow, these Maybe he means packable mast. Packable mast? But then he says he has to tune the mast? He says he already has one. Yeah, but that's the part we have to, you don't tune the mast. The ma- so he says he has an NFED, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there are um, there are two that I like. One fits into a backpack, but it is not that long, and that's the um, the carbon six the carbon six meter mast from Soda Beams, and then there is the tactical mini it says mini in the name but it's still too long that will fit inside of a backpack proper and you generally have to put in like a water bottle pouch they are both fantastic mass Uh, i would give the nod to the hybrid mini being the more robust of them i use the mini s beaner plastic clips that you know mike kate mrd has talked about i've talked about many people use them absolutely fantastic in in this uh setup um i think that solves the question but i i'm really concerned that i'm not answering it appropriately okay well oh and i'll just say you can find these both at dx engineering or at soda beams which is a a united kingdom company so just keep that in mind their shipping is very fast though so if dx engineering runs out you can still get it from soda beams and you won't pay much more money All right. Second question. I want to get a mobile radio to put in my 2008 Suburban. I think I want APRS and I would like to be able to work the ISS. The internet says that is possible, but the internet lies. (laughs) I am fairly certain I don't want to put an HF rig in the car. I really don't want an antenna farm on my car, even though I do have the room. I just don't want to be, quote unquote, that guy. Others have recommended the FT400 or the TM-D710GA, but I'm having trouble finding either. Should I look at something else? What do you recommend? Mm, okay, so both of those are discontinued radios. The entire line of Yesu mobile radios supports APRS, which I believe was the fundamental first question. The first point was, how do you get on APRS? All of those radios will do APRS. So the FTM 200, 300, and now the 500. The 500 would be the 
the current you know flagship in the mobile space for Yesu. As much as I know that it is a uh, comparable APRS radio, there are some serious interface designs in that radio that I am not happy with. If you'd like to hear them defined in greater detail, you should go listen to KM4ACK's video that he posted on it. I have that radio, and I haven't made a full review. I made a first look that I recorded in the HRO. I've since used it, but I have to say, while the beaconing of APRS is is good, the messaging uh, on APRS is actually pretty poor. If you can find an FTM 400, I would say go for it. Now, to your second question. If you want to do satellite communication, many of the mobile radios will do it without much problem. And what I mean by do it, in this case, I mean they are full duplex capable, meaning you can both hear yourself on the receive on one band while transmitting on another band. This is a vitally important part of a satellite radio setup that you can hear yourself while transmitting because you don't want to step on somebody while they're making a contact. You don't want to transmit while other people are transmitting. And guess what? There's a lot of people transmitting on a highly active satellite pass. So keep that in mind. As far as in your vehicle, antenna options for satellites is actually kind of tricky here because the tip, the very top of a mobile vertical antenna is a null, a dead null zone. So if you had a proper 90 degree pass where the satellite goes directly overhead, there's going to be a portion of that pass where your antenna, uh, the satellite will be in your null zone and you won't be able to hear it. Now, I have been told from the creator of the compact antenna that it is capable of doing satellite passes and it doesn't have, um, I can't say no null. He was pretty confident that there's little to no null at the very top of, of, the, of the vertical. Uh, I have not tested it yet, so I can't really comment, but I did review it very highly for two meters in particular when I reviewed it on its uh, power output or your, its transmit. It was actually very favorable. So that could be an option. Just keep in mind that for mobile applications, doing overhead satellite communication will be difficult. 45 degree passes will be much better because you're mainly broadside to the antenna. And that's what you generally need if you're going to run a vertical because you can't really turn it or rotate it when it's on your car. So there you All go. All right. Oh, God, I hope I answer those. Hope I answer those for you. Well, Maura signs off. Thank you for making my drive time and working around the house very entertaining. Thank you again, Morris 73 Well, thank you so much, Morris. Morris. Thanks thank for you, listening. Buddy. Thank you for the BSA trivia. I, I guess it's just... S-A trivia? No, that doesn't sound right. Uh, so yeah, no, don't do that. Scouts, <laughs> scouts trivia. The yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's some... Okay, yeah. got there. <laughs> the next email is titled Repeater Bully Me or the Anonymous Jerk? Oh, this is like an ADA for ham radio. Am I the jerk? Yeah, this calls from uh, this comes from Brenton. Hey, Leia and Josh. First, let me just say thank you, you guys, for being you and making my commute a bit easier. Okay. Thank you for having us on your commute. I am a very new ham and have been spending most of my free time building an ever better than the last sorry excuse I called an antenna. 
When in the backyard building and dodging eye rolls for my wife, I generally have my HT on nearby so I can listen to the old men chew the rag on one of the local repeaters. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. Mm -hmm. There's this one older man whose call sign I have come to learn as he's always calling out for any station no matter the time of day. To protect his identity, I'll call him Voldemort. He seems nice enough. <laughs> okay, here call we him go. Voldemort. Here we go. But he seems nice enough. But I've gathered from a few months of listening in on things, he's the guy nobody wants to respond to because he shares the same story time and time again. Last week, I was up late, maybe 1 a.m., playing my new favorite game, FT8, when I heard him come over the repeater. He called out probably five times over a 15-minute period when someone else decided to respond with, give it up, man, nobody cares. Oh, oh whoa. pretty rude, and I didn't hear any call sign, just a quick cowardly jab. I let it go as I didn't want to get involved. Voldemort went silent for 15, minute or 15 minutes or so, but went right back at it. He called out again, over a couple of minutes until the same rude voice came back with a very harsh, explicit you, man. Nobody likes you. Get a life. You're going to be alone forever. Whoa. Oh, that's so mean-spirited. This kind of broke my heart. I'm sure it's hopeless, but is there anything I or the owner of the repeater can do to keep folks like the anonymous jerk off the repeater or at least identify him? Um, yeah, DF is location. Yeah, but doesn't he have to be transmitting to do that? Sure. And it sounds like he's only responded twice. I don't know. I mean, it yeah. sounds like something you could do with a Kraken. So there's a device called the Kraken SDR. Mm -hmm. It's very, very good at doing direction finding. Like, way better than human beings with antennas. Well, Brenton says, since then, I have been responding to Voldemort and asking him questions to keep him off the same old stories, really just one story about his really old and terrible HT, which may have been a mistake as he now specifically calls for me. I've fed the stray Is cat, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. On the repeater. Why is he calling Voldemort then? Because he doesn't want to identify him. Okay. However, I have come to learn he's an old, old, old man with no family around, and I assume he is just super lonely. The only way I feel I can help is by being his repeater buddy. That is so nice of you. And that is literally what uh, that when I read that, now, I was like, I, I want better. to respond okay. to now, him. Now I, now yeah. I understand better. So I think you are definitely not. Well, I don't think you or Voldemort in this case are really the jerks. I, I feel like the guy with the anonymous... yeah the anonymous jerk, the guy who responded to Voldemort. Yeah, I, I, uh, it's so difficult. Repeaters are such a pain. I think they're fun. Uh, okay. I'm sure this wouldn't pull well with the other hams that use the repeater, but my wife and I have decided to order him a new, not so old and terrible HT program all the local repeaters in it, and then ship it to him with a card and some instructions on using the radio's memory. We opted for shipping as it might be weird just showing up at his house. That is so nice, Brenton. You are so nice. You are so nice, but I feel like there's some context here that we might not have. Like he's saying the other repeater users wouldn't like this. So I feel like there's probably something else going on with this story. That maybe he was mean? 
Yeah, I'm guessing. I'm guessing that he probably has a long lineage of not catching the hint or just focusing well, on he, what's important to him and important to no one else. Well, he keeps telling the same story about his HT. Is, Among other is, stories, he says that he said, but that mainly that one. I, I yeah. get it, but I don't know. This is this is a tough one. I'm starting to think that the Christmas gift might make me the bully for everyone else on the repeater. I don't think so because it probably will stop him telling the story about the HT. He's just going to talk about something else. He's going to talk about Apparently how great one it of the is. Other stories. No, he's going to talk about one of the other stories. Or he's going to, or, and I hate to say this, but realistically, he's probably not even going to be able to use the other radio, the new radio, and he's mm-hmm. just going to go back to the same thing that he knows so well, and he's going to just keep jamming on it. You know what I mean? Mm. All right. Anyway, sorry for the long email. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, you heard them. Josh and I are divided on this. With I the- think that you made a super kind Santa move. I don't no, I I agree with you. I, I, I agree completely. You did a totally nice move. I think that's a super cool thing to do. And if I assume that everything you're saying is exactly the story and everything's good, then yeah, totally hundred percent. Um I just feel like there's probably some context here that I'm not getting. Not because the emailer's not telling us, but like just Maybe the emailer doesn't know. Maybe doesn't know. Yeah. There's there's okay. I understand that there's a lot of jerks on repeaters, no question. But if all of the repeater is kind of united against one person, mm-hmm. not everybody can be wrong in this case, I'm guessing. No, I think if somebody's calling at all hours and it's preventing But if the repeater's not doing anything else, who cares? Uh, it depends on how the frequency of calling, I think. I, I think that people would, just based on the frequency of calling get fed up but that nobody owns the airwaves right and that kind of goes both well, they ways. own the repeater though someone owns the repeater well the owner of the repeater hasn't stopped the guy so i think we're good i'm gonna Anyways. reach out to the owner and be like what's the deal with this guy what's the deal with Voldemort? Sure. catch me up brenton signs off until next time brenton kq for mkz i feel like you might be able to do that before shipping the radio just reach out to the repeater owner and go like, hey, what's going on here? No, Seems I like, like the sentiment. I think it's nice. I like the sentiment P.S. too. <laughs> I, uh, please stop uh, like adding me to the group that doesn't like <laughs> the, the kind-hearted gesture. I'm just saying that like realistically, well, there's if a he, little bit of research you can do that may you know shed some light on something. If he programs the, re- the other repeaters in the area, maybe the guy doesn't stay on that same repeater over and over again and he can rag chew so on different repeaters. So you're saying that he's going to send them a radio that doesn't have the repeater programmed into it? No, no. It just like, has more repeater. Go. Like more repeater. Here you go, puppy. No. <laughs> Here's a new chew toy. Anyway. Go squeak, squeak on another repeater. P.S. Leia, the CW lounge is the worst thing to happen ever. Lies. P.P.S. Josh, the CW lounge is great. Yeah. Don't let it be the one that got away. Ignore that PS. Yeah. <laughs> Way to play both sides. Well, thank you so much, Brenton, you, for Brenton. Uh, being such a kind and good-hearted ham. That's a classy name, too, Brenton. It is. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. The next email is titled Questions, and this oh, comes from Matt. Hello, Thanks Matt. for talking about the Jankapotami. Jankapotami. 
Potomite? Yeah. I am a new quote unquote extra green ham hold the eggs, meaning tech two extra in three weeks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I literally uh, one of one of my favorite stories is I happened to be at the HRO and uh, a very nice, meek, mild-mannered Japanese woman rolled in. She was probably in her 60s, I'm guessing. And she had a three-ring binder under her arm. Mm -hmm. And she had a, you know, an accent, right? So you, you knew, right? Uh-huh. And she was like, uh, I have uh, extra license. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a radio. <laughs> and and I and all the people in HRO were you know trying to talk to her and all that and I was there and I, I heard them talking and she literally opened up her binder mm -hmm. she had screenshots of YouTube videos oh my gosh she had screenshots of uh, OG okay and uh, many other people by OG I mean Dave Kassler and uh, she actually had one of some part of my video and stuff like that too. And she did recognize me. She was like, "Oh, oh!" <coughs> so I ended up giving her like a sticker and all this stuff. And I walked around and showed her some stuff. And it was it was really nice. But yeah, no, that's that's a thing. There's there's tons of people that do that. So happy to help you out as best of my ability. So here we go. I was wondering if the Jankopotamus was a good first choice for running digital modes. I'm working on my first shack and looking for a one-and-done computer or tablet for running digital. Any suggestions or thoughts on what digital programs are good for newbies? Yeah. Oh, man. So many things. So let's go to the first things first. To me, the Jankopotamus is a good portable laptop. It's a laptop that can literally get destroyed in the field and you won't feel bad about it. But if at the same time you took like a, a ThinkPad out there and you obliterated it one day, that's, you know, over $1,000 potentially that's just gone. So the Jankopotamus is a really good portable laptop. If you have a computer or laptop that runs any flavor of Windows, then pretty much any type of digital mode application will run without any problem for you. So that would be my first thing is there's no reason to go buy a new computer, just reduce e-waste to begin with, right, by using what you already have. Because amateur radio applications don't really require a lot of power. So if you go with something like, you know, whatever you got, basically, go ahead and down some, download something like a WSJTX, which is the WinLink, sorry, geez, I'm all over the place right now, the FT8 application, WSJT-X is what we use for doing FT8. You can pretty much connect that to most uh, radios if you have a good cat control capability and a good sound card capability. You will be able to pass in the audio and receive the audio from the radio to be able to do those digital modes. That would be my first step. You can add to that with things like JS8 Call, which is a little bit more down the preparedness line. You can also do WinLink Express, which is email over HF. And there's a lot of people that are doing VAR AC. VAR AC is a more complicated uh, setup. It's probably closer to WinLink in complexity. But VAR AC offers really good 
keyboard to keyboard, ham to ham chat type capability, which Ooh. a lot of people really, really like. It even will do file transfers if you if you have that capability, particularly for text. Text is a really good thing to transfer. Now, um, with the bandwidth restrictions being lifted, uh, the symbol rate going away and going to a bandwidth, standard bandwidth of 2.8 kilohertz, we're gonna be able to do digital modes faster than we've ever been able to do. And things like VAR AC and WinLink will become way more effective and better. Uh, so highly recommended uh, for that, if uh, that's something that you might be interested in. Some of the advantages though with a cheap laptop is that you can pretty much load anything on it and not really worrying about bricking it. I wouldn't load your personal email or any of your social medias on these cheap laptops. I would just use them only for ham radio. So load Chirp and whatever fly-by-night you know application you want to run because you know who cares if you if you kill the operating system, you can just reload it, right? It's not a big deal. So yeah, just keep that in mind. And those are those are my thoughts on that. All right. Also, which confidence on radio? and or air video were you referring to? I looked in the notes and didn't see it. Oh, did we not? Um, yes, we didn't. AE4 AQ? Uh, mm. Matt's video? Mm-mm. Uh, okay, it's, it's how to own, how to own the ham radio frequency. So the video was titled, how to own a frequency when you get on the air and the call sign you want to look for. By the way, he's been on multiple videos, so you can go pretty much watch all of them. But his uh, his call sign is Alpha Echo 4 Mary Quebec. So that's uh, how you find him. All right. Yep. Well, hopefully Josh answered all of your questions. Uh, Matt signs off. My wife and I listened to this podcast while traveling. She had a hoot. Oh, well, thank you so much. And hello, Matt's wife. Hello. Thanks again, 73KZ4BU. There you go. Well, thanks for both of you listening. Appreciate it. The next email is titled, First Earthquake, Fullerton. <laughs> and this comes from Douglas V. Hello, Douglas. Monday night, I had my first earthquake. I thought I heard a door slam hard and then felt the room shake like a wave. Mm -hmm. Turns out it wasn't the stairwell door slamming. It was the wall. I actually brought... Okay, so I, I should note. We did have an earthquake this week. Uh, the epicenter was Fullerton. Which is that a is, over. Yeah, that is probably for us in Cerritos, the closest an epicenter has been. Yes. Uh to the best of my knowledge. And I have no idea what fault line it was on. I, I didn't look into it. But it was a 3.5, which is like basically a sleep through. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and in fact, just for context, just for context, I was in uh, my my thinking chair, which is the massage chair. Yeah. And the kids were running around and you were doing what you do. Mm -hmm. No one noticed it. Oh, it was the day of the Santa float. I think it was. Yeah, no one noticed I, it. I think that we were at the Santa float when it happened. No, I was literally in the massage chair. because well, my, Oh, that's right. Because my phone started blowing up yes. from all the neighborhood app, like going, oh, did you ever feel the earthquake? Was there an earthquake? And I was like, no, nobody felt that. Yes, that's... Uh, I find it hard to believe that there was an earthquake. Because I would have... I feel like I would have at least felt it a little bit. No. And I did not feel it at all. So. A, a 
is like I don't even know how to put it into terms. Like if if you were in a house that wasn't like the best constructed and a large semi drove by. Yeah. That gives you kind of 3.0 feels. The difference with an earthquake is that they're sustained. There's a bit of like a little bit more. Actually, it depends on the type of earthquake. Some of them are just like the pick up and drop. Yeah, type, there's and then jolty that's, ones and then there's rolly the ones. The rolly ones are the, the best because it feels like you're like it's going through your head. It's like mm -hmm. a wave. It's like yeah. whom, whom, whom. It's really wild. Well, Douglas says, I actually brought my Yisu FT4 with me on this trip. I will call Tuesday and Wednesday nights. And that's Douglas V KI7 LIK. So everybody who is in the North Orange County area, mm -hmm. listen for Douglas. Yeah, Douglas, uh, I emailed him back because I was like, hey, Douglas, were you the guy who was calling me on two meter simplex? Remember when we were rolling around town in the truck? Yes. And somebody came out like three times saying KI6NAZ and then gave a call sign. Mm -hmm. I didn't catch the call sign, but I kept calling back to them like, yeah, KI6NAZ, monitoring, mm -hmm. listening. I heard them strong, but they but, didn't hear us. Yeah. Like, how is that that they could, I hear them so well, but they can't hear me? It was really it might weird. might be me driving uh, into that parking structure, which I'll have you know, I have avoided multiple parking structures since that incident. Except for the one you did, which killed a brand new antenna. I'm, I'm saying after that. We didn't talk about the new antenna. No. <laughs> That's a whole... I didn't even bring it up. You brought there, it up. There was no... I didn't okay. even bring it up. You I was taking Edison... antenna. Yeah, I was taking Edison to another... Uh, to a doctor's appointment, and there was no parking at all. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I've got to go into this parking structure. And it didn't have the height thing clearly marked. Right. And then when I got in, boom. And I was like, oh, no. And then Edison was so stressed out about it. He's like, daddy's going to be so upset. And I'm like, uh, yes, he's going to be very upset. <laughs> You're right. You're totally right. It's not making it easier for me to get out of the parking structure. <laughs> Just relax. okay? Relax. <laughs> he's like, I think you broke it off. I think it's gone. <laughs> and, and then I'm like, it can't be gone. It's still making noise. <laughs> As I continue to drag it into the parking structure. Yeah uh but yeah i have avoided many uh parking structure since so i think you're we welcome just, <laughs> i think we just need to get you your own vehicle at this point and get you the hell away from the truck i like the truck i know that's the thing <laughs> I, I know i know i know it's got so much it's, it's got so many features that i like <laughs> I, I get it i get it all right well now it's time it's the All right. The final email is titled My Ham Progression. And this comes from an, a different Matt. Okay. Josh, you put out the call for everyone to share their ham journey. So here's a bit of mine. Okay. I got my tech in November of 2020. Congratulations. And by May of 2021, had progressed to my extra. Ooh. So that's a twofer. Mm -hmm. That's your general right there. And here's your extra. In hindsight, I would have worked on CW instead of the extra as benefits of CW far outweigh those of a little more frequency space that I have only used a few times since then. Uh, 
I, I, I have think on that this. the frequency space thing is more of just not feeling like you're restricted. Mm, okay, let's do it now. So yeah, if you go to like field day or POTA or contesting or DX, there's going to be a ton of stations that are going to be outside of the general space that you want to talk to that you won't be able to, right? Mm. The other thing is once you get your extra, you're done. There's not like 10 minutes looming there's not 10 minutes every day that you have to maintain your memory on once you attain extra what about cw i'm please follow along i'm saying if you go for your extra you're done once you get it you're done you don't have to maintain the 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 understanding of all that stuff for test taking cw is something where you have to learn it and then 10 minutes a day sharpen that stick well 10 minutes a day to start like it was a joke <laughs> now you're being pedantic I, do, do you understand what i'm saying yes like if you just go take the extra exam and you're done with it you're done that's it like your your extra practice may take you a couple of months right and then you're done you took it you're done all set cw to be like proficient at it is is a lifelong journey okay right I mean, to be like fully conversational, total head copy, that takes a very long time. Okay. Right? So I, I, I did the same thing and I would do it again. Okay. I joined a local club in November of 2020 and attended the meetings and generally liked the people, though it takes me a while to warm up. Mm-hmm. Though I was new to amateur radio. He lives you- in Minnesota too. <laughs> That takes a, a good nine months to warm up. Although I was new to amateur radio and new to the club, the club was looking for a chairman for our ham fest. I volunteered oh. to do the job. Wow. Wow. It is a big job. Our club is around 215 people and our ham fest averages around 800 attendees. Oh, that's not bad. That's a... Okay, you know what? As somebody who puts on very large events, that is a huge undertaking yeah. for being brand new to a club. Like literally, you don't even know what it looks like theoretically. You haven't been. Right. Well, maybe not. Maybe he did. I don't no, know. No, that's true. And worked with John KG7 NSP, who was about 25 years older than me. John was the Hamfest chair for four years, so he's just the man to learn from. John not only got me through the ham fest, but he also became my Elmer and a very good friend. Oh, I love that it. is how you do it. So uh, people are uh, like often say like, oh, where do people in their 30s and 40s like where do they meet new friends? And generally, it's actually by like volunteering with organizations within your yeah. interests. Because you can join an organization, but there's nothing like the relationships that are forged mm-hmm. when you're actually involved in the operations of the organization. Oftentimes, the people who lament the most about not being able to meet people or find people, and I, I mean this in the best way, just acknowledge who you are, they're not really the doers. Mm. If you are somebody who ends up volunteering and doing things... yeah. You will meet people because you are doing things. Yeah. You you cannot help it because to literally do things. Th- there are very few things that like you can solely do on your own. Right. Yeah. 
that is a hobby in its own right. Like, okay, stamp collecting, coin collecting, metal detecting, like those things jump out in my mind as being like, what would I do totally alone? But there are still clubs that actually... But then, yeah. there you go. Then you go, well, how do I learn more about this? Then you join get on club. social media, yeah. you join a club, now you're watching YouTube videos, now you're, oh, what's the right metal detector? Now you're possibly making videos about metal detectors based off of your experience. Like, all of it begets more human interactivity. Yes. Because you are... And your kind of people. Right, because too. it's a shortcut. it's a shortcut to knowledge and understanding when you can leverage what other people know. Yes. So let's take metal detectors. Nobody listening really knows metal detectors. I'm assuming, I'm assuming some of you do. But if you went out and like, I want the best metal detector, you're going to go out and buy every metal detector and then take X amount of time to figure it out, scale down to just the one and be like, I found it. No, you're going to leverage the human knowledge of everybody mm -hmm. else who's used them before. And the same goes for ham radio, right? That's what we do. All right. In my short time as a ham, I have also been a board member on the club and I'm coming to the end of my term as the VP of the club. I think he started out his email saying, it takes me a little while to warm up. Well, it sounds like you are hot. Like, I mean... He came in is, hot. Is he warmed up yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would he call himself warm? But you know, the natural progression of VP is into president. Oh, yeah. No, that's yeah. in a club. Mm -hmm. That's literally everybody. This is a this is we're all saying this is the next yes. president. It's Yeah, I will be on the board starting January. As I promised a friend, I would run to help keep control of the club overspending this year. That friend, Ed, K7EDT, has been my public service Elmer. Wow. Ed works for the Arizona Department of Emergency and Military Affairs in Communications. He got me involved in our local public service organization, which is what really scratched the itch I was looking for with amateur radio. When I got into radio, I didn't know what I really wanted to do with it. But when I found it, I knew that was it. I have taken the Oxcom class and I am working on my task book. The class gets you started and you have to get a list of things accomplished to get recognized by the state. This year and last year, I was net control for the Phoenix ham, uh, half ham, half marathon along with ha half a ham. Yeah. <laughs> half a ham marathon. It's the smallest ham from Honey Baked. Mm. <laughs> That's one lunch for me <laughs> with paul kq7v we worked together as a team and it went really well it sounds like you made so many friends i know this is like uh, by the way everybody listening gosh i don't know like oh it's so difficult there are some people that win the ham lottery and they live in an area with really good clubs yeah and um i i celebrate you i think it's beautiful everyone just from me to everyone in the club, congratulations for doing clubs right. I, I cannot stress how difficult it is to be a good club. It really is hard. Yes. And I think it's really, really great. I, I just cannot say enough about it because, you know, frankly, I get I get horror stories from people all the time about, you know, bad experiences at clubs, feeling not welcomed when they show up. And it sounds like, you know, from, from the, you know, from the emailer that they started out saying it took a long time for them to warm up or, you know, they don't start out warm up or warmed or even lukewarm or even tepid. But the, the club probably 
did a pretty good job of welcoming them, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. right? Because they admittedly said that they're not really that forthcoming. Like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, they they give more in the conversation than, you know, the, whatever they're receiving. So I, I, I cannot say enough. Like, if you have a good club in your area and you know there's a good club, try to give some time to it to keep it going. Yes. Because if you don't do it, who will? Exactly. And and really, we got to keep our clubs. We this do. is true of all organizations. Well, but we're talking this, by the way, this is the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast. <laughs> as, as much as people may be confused by listening to it, it's, <laughs> it's mostly about ham radio. And so uh, we're talking about ham clubs right now. We don't care. You know, we love the Boy Scouts. Don't care about that right now. We've got to keep the ham clubs going. <laughs> don't care about the Karens in city council. We've got to keep the ham clubs going. We've got to keep the ham radio bumped up. All the all the other stuff can be bumped up too, but ham radio is first. Like that's that's the goal. All right, podcast, right. As you can see, I don't have a lot of years of experience in radio, but have played around with a lot of different aspects of it. I have played with FT8 a bit, and I like to play with it sometimes for single sideband. Is still my favorite mode. Good. I recently helped a fellow club member who had been having a lot of trouble getting FT8 to work. He was going to give up on it altogether, despite the fact that he had a Yaesu FT710 and an ICOM 7300. Wow. I asked him if I could come over and help him out, and he was grateful for the help. Oh, I figured out that it was just a matter of getting the right drivers installed on his laptop, and he was up and running. Just like a 20-year-old with a hot new video game, he was up all hours playing FT8. Dude, you are... You are such a good ham. Such a good ham, dude. You get a token. <laughs> I don't got another button to press on this, but man, that's amazing. That's a toasty ham. <laughs> well, you heard it from Leia first, I guess. It has only been three weeks, and he has over 700 contacts, oh 39 countries, and 25 states. That's amazing. I love it. I love it. Everything. Oh, so uh, you've you've energized me. I'm You're so, so chuffed. I'm so rejuvenated. So, <laughs> so chuffed. Chuffed. Chuffed as chips, Leia. Come on. <laughs> this is a man who is retired and not fully mobile, so it makes me happy to know oh. he's getting so much joy out of it. Dude, talk about giving back. Really? Can you, like, oh. I'm sure I'm leaving a lot out other than direct radio work. Your podcast is a big part of what I enjoy about this hobby. Oh, bringing a tear to Josh's eye. Seriously, that's so good. Like, the feedback. Thank you. Man, this is a great email. Thank you so much for sharing this. I'm so glad you got the last email. This is amazing. I love listening and occasionally writing in. I wrote the email about the safes and the safe locks, etc. Thank you for that. He's also a safe cracker. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I had fun explaining the explorers to you and wish I could tell you some of the crazy stories of stuff that happened, but I only gave you guys the 50,000 foot view and you couldn't believe it. Okay, so I recently saw an ad where we neighbor some um, <laughs> some cities that are not as nicest Cerritos. A little rougher. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one in particular has a pretty significant gang problem, I think. Signi- it is. It has been on the map as a a rougher city yes. since I've lived in California. Yes. And it also has one of the funniest names. Yes. Hawaiian Garden. <laughs> Sounds 
great. We like, would pass Hawaiian Gardens all the time when I'm so driving tropical. in the back of the seat. I'm driving <laughs> in the back seat with my family, uh-huh. and I see the sign that says Hawaiian Gardens. I'm like, let's go there. I like Hawaii. This sounds majestic. <laughs> I had just gone to Hawaii as a child, yeah. and I'm like, no it's, brainer. Pina right coladas all day. Why do we go down? Why do we have to fly? to Hawaii we could go to the Hawaiian gardens yeah sounds amazing turns out not great pretty rough area pretty rough area it's the only city I've seen in the area that advertises a recruitment for their explorers program with the police department and what was your joke (laughs) it was no Santee yeah (laughs) it's no Santee (laughs) All right. Well, Matt continues. Good job, Matt. Again, thank you for all the stories, by the way. Yeah, seriously. Oh, and Leah, many, many moons ago, I used to drive tow trucks. I paid a lot of bills and put a lot of food on the table because people did things that were unsafe and said, we were only going a mile. Ratchet straps have ratchets for a reason. Thank you. Josh gets freaked out about it because he loves you dearly and doesn't want you to have to deal with a catastrophe like that. And he probably doesn't want the truck damaged either. Well, I also don't want her to send a six foot shelf into oncoming traffic. (laughs) It was fine. You know, just because you put the parking cones in there, they're not supposed to self-deploy. In, in, an, in an accident, right? That's not the design, right? When when you kinetically launch them into, <laughs> into the crash site, that's not the goal. Well, Matt signs off. 73 to you and Josh. And Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year, and Happy Holidays to your family and listeners of this podcast. Oh, that was fantastic. Sometimes man. it feels like the other listeners are a sort of extended family. I feel the same way. I, we do, yes. And you know what's been really nice about like kind of moving my Instagram over is that I've had some like really amazing conversations oh. uh, on Instagram. I found out about like uh, high schools butchering uh, moose carcasses. That's fantastic. Like it, as a part of the school's curriculum. And then... This is in Alaska? Yes. Oh, okay. And then uh, I also learned about uh, micro spikes these things so i bought your dad some they go on shoes you just put them on your oh shoes. he's gonna go with me san jacinto or he's adam approved no it's just so that he can walk up his stairs when they're icy because i had made this comment that i don't know how people like walk around when the, the ground is icy without i mean i'm not great at ice skating either so all of this is just lost on me right <laughs> right uh so thank you to everybody on uh instagram that's fantastic that is fantastic well thank you we appreciate it uh by the way what's the what's the channel again so people know oh uh nas corner is on instagram and uh this email was from matt k7 oh my god what are you doing i literally just (laughs) swung my elbow to try and help leia with something and knock the mic off so it's uh Sorry about that. Wow, that was a that was one of the first audio kerfuffles that we had. <laughs> Am I still? Is the mic? Ah, 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 okay, we're still there. <laughs> and that email comes from Matt K Seven Y E G. Thank you, Matt. That's fantastic. Excellent. Well, we recovered for par, I guess, on the end there. Sorry about that. Oh, I think you have to give a secret word for the giveaway. The secret word is R and R. R and R. 
R and R. It's actually just three letters. R and R. R and R. Yeah. <laughs> is the secret word. There will be a link in the uh, show notes to join our 300,000 subscriber giveaway. Boy, howdy. Uh, long road to hoe to get to this point, but uh, want to give away as much stuff as I can. And so thanks, everybody, for the support and listening to us on the podcast, subscribing on the YouTubes and everywhere else. We super appreciate it. But the fact you listen to this podcast means a lot to us. 73. 73.